2: It is Wednesday, January the 20th, 2016, and you are listening to the Talking Comics Podcast. I am your host, Bobby Shortle. I'm in the house with Steve Say. Where am I? Mr. Bob Reier. Happy birthday, Steve. Thank you. And on the line with Ms. Stephanie Cook. Hello. Bob, it's actually Wednesday now, though. It's not Steve's birthday anymore. Um, yes, it is. Happy belated birthday, we should she said to him. There you go.
3: We're off for feet a little bit. We've been <laughs> away for, you know, three out of the last four weeks. I've been
2: uh, gone for over a month. It's true it's wow. true we were here last week though were we yes Bob. we recorded the best up show last yes. week <laughs> for th- over three hours we were here
4: <laughs> who even knows
2: yeah it's all I was, like
4: real curmudgeonly by the end of that yeah,
2: you're always real curmudgeonly so it's all right
4: i was a delight last week i mean maybe not as delightful as joey because no. he is like high on rainbows yeah
2: <laughs> few people as delightful as joey <laughs> uh, um but uh yeah so we did our uh, if you guys haven't listened to it yet we we picked all our winners for the best of 2015 awards It's up on the site uh right now um but now we're forging ahead into 2016 today we're going to talk about what we're excited for in 2016 so we're leaving 2015 in the dust good <sighs> big middle finger 2015 You're yeah. Yeah, I, yeah yeah, I'm not,
3: I'm not averse to that big no thumbs I, up I got to two, two of them man.
2: <laughs> They're ready to go um, big thumbs up to 2016 as it as it
3: rolls yeah. in here. Yeah, it means I can clean up my living room finally. Yeah, now that we're done with all this, I've got an entire shelf of 2015 stuff that gets boxed and start a whole new mess. A whole new, me- yeah, but now I've got a whole year to build it. Yeah, it's nice.
0: Yeah, I have to rethink my strategy for this year, which I'll tell you, man, going digital with a lot of stuff helps. Yes, it does.
4: Yes, it does. Yes. I've been buying my single issues and then like giving them to people. Like, I'm just like, here, you want this? And they look at me really questionably like they're like why
3: well if you walk up to a homeless guy sleeping on a bench and hand him a copy of out of ms marvel
4: running up to like some hobo and being like i'm miss marvel (laughs) 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 life
0: is not so
2: bad read comics yeah
4: uh i'm going
2: i'm going to i got a I don't know what the best shop is to bring them to, but I'm gonna get rid of like 95 percent of my physical issues. If you figure out which shop that is, let <laughs> me know because oh. I've actually called a few.
0: They give me the old, oh well, the guy that does that is only here on Saturdays, <laughs> and I just go, sure he is, <laughs> right? So, but yeah, I got a lot of stuff. Maybe I mean, but you know what? I'll, we'll talk about it off the show because okay. I don't want to make any promises and,
4: right. and then have people. Yeah. I'm. Did you guys see? Forum. I just I just saw this like before we started the show, but SNL had Adam Driver on on the weekend. Did you guys see his undercover boss? Yes, I did. I saw the no. undercover
2: boss, the Kylo Ren undercover boss, Star Killer base. Yeah. That oh was my cool. god,
4: mm. I laughed so hard. Yeah, it was pretty like, funny. Adam Adam Driver like or Kylo Ren going undercover as Matt, <laughs> yeah, a radar technician. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god, the best. Uh, you guys, if you haven't seen it listening that is since you guys all apparently seem to be on board except for Bob. <laughs> um,
0: I uh need to really, check it out. really quick. I saw Star Wars again uh-huh. when I was in um Vancouver mm-hmm. last week and I saw it in uh what they have out there ultra AVX format. Oh, okay. Which is the the Rumble mm-hmm. Seats. The like, Rumble, seats, yeah. Rumble Seats. Yeah. Let me I tell you trust something. Those. I really liked that movie when I saw it the first time. I loved <laughs> the shit out of it. Yeah. The second time, man. They don't have any of those theaters around here. No, but like it was legit like Mm -hmm. i I really i was like all right whatever i'm paying for it i might as well sit in the the chair but it like the the tilting Mm -hmm. and then when they hit the warp drive and it just like shoves you back into your seat wow and it was amazing it really was like the 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 programming in the chair in like coinciding with the film like whoever sits down and actually programs that stuff does a really thorough job Mm -hmm. and i mean it's not like it's not going to change your life or anything but as far as seeing something again but seeing it in a different way um, it really kind of like blew my mind a little bit. Like I wouldn't go for all movies, yeah. but for something like Star Wars, it was absolutely insane. Yeah. Driving Miss Daisy, I don't think yeah. it would work. Oh, it's man, very dude, palatial I, uh, experience. Yeah. I saw crack.
4: Edge of Tomorrow in Ultra AVX and like oh, cool. I turned off my seat, I was like, no.
0: <laughs> I, I cranked that sucker up all the way to the top. It bucked like, like just to let me know that it was active, mm-hmm. like right when the lights
3: went down, it was just like, <laughs> was like whoa, okay. <laughs> But uh, I had a really good time with it. That's awesome. Yeah. Did anyone see the movie Matinee from years ago with John Goodman? Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah the yeah. Joe Dante movie. Mm-hmm. Rumble Rama. Yep. Yeah. And this, Smell-O-Vision and in yep. that
2: right? Yeah, I remember that movie. Smell-O-Vision. That was a Kentucky Fried movie. Yes. I mm. love that skit. That skit's amazing. Um, but yeah, that Adam Driver skit is really funny. Um, my favorite moment is when Bobby Moynihan, who's playing a stormtrooper, and they're eating in like the cafeteria or whatever, yeah. and he's like eating, and he's like, "I think Kylo Ren's an idiot," and he starts eating, and then like he starts choking him. Choking and he, just, he goes, "Oh no, he's choking on food," <laughs> and then like, he's a real it, like, dick.
4: Um, and he's like, "I am not Matt, I'm Kylo Ren, yeah, your boss." And they're kind of like yeah
2: yeah we know we knew, that. <laughs> we knew that we knew that
4: and he's like i knew that like <laughs> as soon as you did like the choke hold and like threw me into that soda machine and like taron killam's like i knew that as soon as you walked into the room and said hi i'm mad
2: <laughs> <laughs> uh it was really funny it was a good uh, there were some good couple good sketches on that episode the golden globes thing was funny as well um who did ricky uh oh no it wasn't it wasn't like that it was like it was uh it was about like you know sometimes when the like couples were whatever or, or Winner's like, oh, and if you're watching Tommy, like, go to bed yeah, or whatever. Yeah. So it, like, shows, like, the story of the kids that they're oh, talking that's to. funny. Yeah, it was funny. Well, the parents are, like, partying and, like, doing coke off, you know, like, Liev <laughs> <Lee laughs> Shriver's chest and stuff like that. It's really funny.
0: Did you see the picture uh, going around of the cat? Yeah, that I was going to say. Like, even, I don't know if it's legit, if it's a Photoshop or not. Yeah. It doesn't matter. It's hysterical.
2: It, it does. The cat does look just like Adam Driver. It's really funny. <laughs> yeah, it's really funny. It is really funny. Um... Yeah, i saw a couple movies this week i've been catching up because i'm gonna do the best of 2015 show with the movies Ooh, guys me too
4: what'd you watch
2: so i i mean i saw the revenant this week Ooh, uh bears bear attack the bear attack was gruesome uh um, uh i saw mr holmes the ian mckellen oh, Sherlock holmes movie i almost I watched that, that on the plane i went crazy for it i loved it
3: so much and the other did thing you know, I, see
4: the abominable bride also
3: speaking I, of i did not know I okay. saw some of it. I'm going to catch up. It looked very, very interesting. I heard and very lovely.
4: mixed things. So, like, my excitement pretty much went to a kind of steady See, <laughs> when I, I kind of started seeing that. But
3: now I love Sherlock Holmes in the right time period. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. it works better than, even though the, some of the other things are fun. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But so. the fr- when it op- the episode opened up on you know the real Baker Street and this and Mrs Hudson and that house and the characters interacting in the way I'm used to seeing them. I was pretty taken, but I said, no, I'm not going to watch this on commercial television with PBS pledge breaks and all the rest <laughs> of it. I'm I'll wait. Yeah. And it's just out on DVD and Blu-ray too.
2: Yeah, I haven't watched it yet. I'm going. I'll, I will be watching it in the next uh, probably couple weeks or something. But
3: by the way, just just to throw it out there, The Abominable Bride is not one of Conan Doyle stories. Okay, mm. it is a throwaway line about a case that they never showed. That's cool. From yeah, I watched. The, I watched it's called that. the Musgrave Ritual. Oh, okay. I liked it a lot. Which is made into a Basil Rathbone movie called Sherlock Holmes Faces Death, 1940. <laughs> Four? He's going to his mind palace. Five? Somewhere in there, but anyway. Into
4: the archives with Bob! <laughs> yes.
2: There's a there's a really good scene in Mr. Holmes where, um, if people don't know what it's about, it's it, Ian McKellen plays Is like- it's about
4: Mr. Holmes? It's like
2: Mr. Holmes, but I mean, Ian yeah. plays like a 94-year-old Sherlock Holmes. I thought it was about
3: John Holmes. <laughs> uh, yeah. Sorry. <laughs> who, oh <boy>. who can't <laughs> Sorry.
2: Uh, remember what happened in his last case and why it made him stop being a detective, so he's trying to figure out what that was. That's and hmm. one of the- um, one of the things he does to try to, to jog his memory is go see the movie version of this case that was oh, made. Oh, that's great. Yeah. And I, I don't think it's Basil Rathbone, but it's like someone who looks a lot like Basil Rathbone because yeah. the, 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 image looked too crisp to be like a from the forties, from the forties. Yeah. But uh, it was a real, it was really funny because it's funny because even though it's a movie, like it's watching a movie, it's, they do a very good job in the movie. Of, uh, you feel like he's a real person, you know, and it's, it's a funny scene where he's sort of like critiquing the way he's, he's shown it, it, in the movies. Uh, that was great. And then I also watched uh, like, um, Me and Earl and the Dying Girl.
4: Um, oh my God, that movie is so good. It
2: was fantastic. It
4: is, I cried <laughs> yes. a lot. Yeah. <laughs> um, shocker, given that really cheerful title. Yeah. But um, it was... Incredible. Like, yeah. I, it was one of my favorites from last year. Yeah, it has mind you, I didn't see that much, but like, it was still, it would still be up there.
2: It's, it's a really great movie and it, it has, you know, has a great coming of age feel to it, you know, and, and it, it's sort of, it's not, it's not as, um, mannered in dialogue as something like Juno is, but it does kind of play with like, and it has like a very interesting structure and stuff mm-hmm. like that. It, that. It's
4: kind of like, um, did you see the Zach Galifianakis movie? It's kind of a funny story. No,
2: that's one about it, the kid in the mental institution? Is yeah, that... yeah, it's
4: it's very similar to okay. that, except exchange mental institution for a girl with cancer. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, <laughs> which sounds...
1: Both
3: cheery. Yeah. yeah,
4: They're both see amazing. See it today. Yeah. And like, uh, it's kind of a funny story has been on my mind a lot because... These kids are obviously pretty messed up and in this mental mental institution trying to kind of sort out teenage hormones and what's going on with their brains. Mm. And they do like this talent show um, and they do Under Pressure. Oh, OK. Aww. And like it's actually amazing. Like it's so weird. I get emotional. Like I don't cry in movies a lot, but like <laughs> every now and again, there's like this random part. That isn't necessarily meant to make you cry and I'm just like, oh, I have random feelings about this. Like uh, and that's like one of those really weird moments, but it's a fantastic film.
0: Can I make a confession? <laughs> Steph, have you you've you've been to the movies at the um not Silver City, but like the Cineplexes in Canada. Have yes. you seen the like the Scotia Bank introduction where the little girl makes a snowman? And yeah, the snowman it's beautiful. starts making, it is beautiful, and oh my God. I thought
4: it was a Coca-Cola commercial at first, and then I was like, oh my God, Cineplex it's, actually made this. Wow, okay. It's like
0: two and a half minutes, and about three quarters of the way through, I was like, oh my God, they're not going to get me with this stupid snowman thing. It, it, it tugs at your heartstrings. It's like a miniature a, Pixar it's, it's short like, or something. Yes, that's exactly
4: wow. what I felt like. I went to see what did I see last? Was it Force Awakens again? Maybe. Um, And that played before and I was like, what's this Pixar nonsense? And then I was like, <laughs> Like, oh my god I was like my feelings
0: like, <laughs> the whole thing is like the, the little girl she puts the the snowman in a, inside of a refrigerator every a at the end here. of every winter oh, so that yeah. she can keep watching mm-hmm. and then she gets older and she starts to forget and like one time she opens up the refrigerator and he's in there and he's all excited and she just grabs a coke and shuts it in his face and like it's years later <laughs> that's it it's
4: a coca cola commercial right and I'm like oh, I, I'm like
0: I'm snowman. sitting there and I've seen it a couple of times mm. but this time I'm by myself and I'm in Canada and like like, I'm watching this thing and all of a sudden, like, my chest just starts, like, throbbing. And I'm like, oh, fuck you, snowman. <laughs> like, come on.
4: It's, yeah. um, it, It's really good. Uh, the best mini movie of 2015. It's just, we you,
0: you never expect those, like, little before the, the movie mm-hmm. gets started movie well, brand I, things. I yeah, it we're not from prepared. Pixar.
4: I don't expect it from right. random Canadian animators. I was like, no. you know, Sorry, Scotia
0: Bank, And I'm like, I've... Oh. I've I'm going to T D, <laughs> god damn it. Uh, I watched Black Mass on the plane. Back. Oh, the Johnny Depp movie. Yes. Yeah, how was that? Uh, honestly it was very one note. Mm-hmm. If you saw the trailer with the uncomfortable dinner scene, you've seen the whole movie. It's essentially a montage of Johnny Depp being disgusting and murdering people. Mm. <sighs> and like after the first twenty minutes, like you you've pretty much got mm. it. I watched the whole thing. But like I, I left it feeling as if I had watched nothing at all. Mm. It was really, really bizarre in that way. Mm. And then I watched else, Hotel Transylvania too.
4: Okay. Oh. <laughs> what, <laughs> what else did you check <laughs> out from 2015? Like, what was on your to watch list, Bobby Schottel? What? What was what else was on your list? I didn't. Wa-
2: all- I, I haven't watched anything. I have. A, I oh, also hateful Eight as well. Oh, um, cool. which I love. I feel like
4: we texted you about that.
2: Then. Yeah, I think I did text you about seventy. Um, uh, but yeah, I, I have, and I have like on on voodoo on on like my uh, online. I have like a wish list of movies that I'm just going to be renting over the next couple of like next week or so to get. I like, watched all a lot
4: up. of heartfelt um, rom coms, such as Room. Oh boy, um, <laughs> <laughs> we were discussing.
3: That's on I my read list.
4: Book. <laughs> um, if you if you've read the book by Emma Donahue, you know like it's it's a bummer. Yeah, well, it seems a like a bummer. Big kidnapped and raped for, like, nine years.
0: Mm -hmm. Oh, a date movie. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah,
4: and um, she's kept in a a shed, a room, um, and she has a child born of this rape Mm -hmm. who is, like, her five-year-old, like, the only person in the world that she talks to and sort of their subsequent escape. Mm -hmm. It is really good. Brie Larson is, like, amazing. Yeah. But, like, that... It was a bummer. <laughs> yeah. And I also watched Amy mm. about Amy Winehouse's... Oh, oh, another
2: bummer. Another yep. feel I was good like, for... wow,
4: well, mm. I'm on a bummer roll here. Yeah, um, And then I watched something else that was like equally depressing. And I was like, do I want to slip my wrists tonight? <laughs> like, maybe I shouldn't be drinking this wine. <laughs> um, it was it was bummer fest here on the yeah. weekend. Uh, hmm. Nothing cheery, but all oh, very, very good.
0: Hmm. But Who's going to star in the Bowie depressing. biopic eventually? That's what I want to
2: know. It's a
4: good what? question. The,
2: the, the, buff, the, uh, bo- buff. the inevitable Bowie biopic. Mm-hmm. Who's going to star in that? Yeah, Steve calls it a biopic. He won't change it. <laughs> what is that? It's biopic. biopic. A biopic? Oh, I'm sorry. I told you this like five years ago. Uh, I'm supposed is to like, remember.
4: I can't remember five minutes ago, man. <laughs>
2: it's my birthday. Leave me alone. Yeah. Yeah.
4: Biopic is like... You are getting something shoved up your butt.
0: Yeah, <laughs> yeah, with a camera. Yeah. <laughs>
4: yeah, that has a camera.
0: Certain <laughs> movies, isn't the same thing. <laughs>
2: Macroscopic. Um, son should direct. Biopic. Biopic. Oh yeah, Duncan Jones. Biopsy. Biopsy. Biopsy yeah, yeah,
4: yeah. You guys, I, I, they're coming out soon. They start this week, actually. But Lucifer and the Magicians. I haven't. I. I, I haven't. They not. Did it premiere already? Or they did? I'm. 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 We. We as we're viewers. Yeah had some access. Yeah, to, we got screeners out.
2: I, I didn't watch um, either one of them yet, no.
4: Okay. Okay. Yeah. I, I felt like I'm just going to I'll quickly say this and then if you liked Constantine, I feel like you'll like Lucifer.
2: Constantine it had the, the movie?
4: Sort of, uh no, the the short-lived TV show.
2: Oh, the short-lived TV show. Gotcha. I liked
4: it. Um it had a very similar okay. vibe. Cool. If you like The Magicians the books, you'll probably like the TV show. Hmm. I really thought that this was the story of Larry Schmoder going to Logfarts, uh, and <laughs> he discovers that the world of Schmarnia is real, <laughs> and that the Schmentzevy children also existed. That is Shoot. my official synopsis of The Magicians. Oh, I get uh, it. Shh, as a don't, cool. tell,
3: don't tell anybody how you're being snarky. I love it. I know she's being <laughs> snarky. I just don't get what, what it means. Harry it's, Potter,
4: it's, Hogwarts. It's, it's oh. Harry Potter meets narnia oh. and like the 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 whole premise of the magicians is this boy finds out that he's a wizard more or less. It's, except but he has is like, that your hagrid a, impression
3: yeah, yeah. <laughs>
4: he he discovers <laughs> but like he doesn't go to high school he's too cool for high school he goes to basically the um hogwarts equivalent of like yale okay the yale equivalent of hogwarts okay. or
3: something okay
4: <laughs> and then his whole life, he's been obsessed with magic and Narnia, but they can't call it Narnia because that pesky, you know,
3: copyright, copyright thing <laughs> is still in play.
4: Um, so instead of calling it Shmarnia, they call it Fillory. But he's like, honest to goodness, like the children's names, he's like, four children, two boys, two girls, and like they might as well be named like Shmedmint. And like, <laughs> seriously, like they're so ridiculously <laughs> names are close. From. <laughs> um, and then they're like, hmm. No, this is original. This isn't fanvic. I've got nothing wrong with fanvic, but that's basically what the magicians is.
3: So I think uh, I should watch this. Now <laughs> now that I have your names for them in mind, I, if I watch it, I think I'll get a real kick out of it. <laughs> um, Schmedric. It's, it's pretty dark, actually oh, sci-fi. Um it's it's
4: pretty it's pretty heavy. It's not really like um a CW kind of teen romp show, but it's it's good if that's your bag your magic bag
2: gotcha your magic bag i love that it's bottomless um
4: (laughs) i'm sorry all right i love puns remember that pun i said before the show that we could tie into a future show and bobby was like no
2: no it's not gonna happen well let's vote on it nope yes in this case it's not a democracy Uh, when it comes to puns there's no democracy (laughs)
4: <laughs> I feel like I need to come up with a pun for that
0: you got my tweet with that that comic Punocracy. book character that wasn't having any of the puns right yes I okay. did I saw that immediately
4: Bobby is like the pun Grinch
2: yes I am <laughs> I really really am um, they're te- so delicious though
3: what was that TV show that was out of a couple of years ago with what's her name from wasn't she from we saw the trailer it's a, the, a, a great description yes, Bob yes, yes, no, oh, pun head no, that was it. What? Bunheads. Bunheads.
2: Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, yes. With, um... What's her name? God. Sutton Foster. Yes. That was the another uh,
0: that played before every movie yes. or yes. show on yeah. on everything in the theaters and on airplanes. Yeah. I thought that I I was like at thirty thousand feet in the air, <laughs> safely away from bunheads, and I go to watch nope. a
3: movie, and it's like I hear the music. I, I'm like, no! I've seen every episode, and all I've ever seen are those previews. <laughs> uh. Show was
2: apparently good. <laughs>
0: really? Yeah, I have. Yeah. You know, whatever. Oh. I I just yeah. the name. It, it's one of those things that yeah. it, it, it gets yeah. under
2: my skin, and if you asked me why I couldn't tell you, yeah. it just does. That girl is like uber talented. That girl who's mm-hmm. in it. She is like Broadway royalty at this point. Nice. Um, Good for her. So... Wait,
4: what? Wait, who's this? What?
2: Sutton Foster. Sutton Foster.
4: What's this? Bunhead? Bunhead. It was
2: a show that was like on ABC Family a couple of years ago. It was like about, oh, about, I feel like, like I've seen this. Backstage, backstage, kind of. backstage like, ballet. of. jokingly
4: tried to make my friend Nyron watch this with me, and he stormed out of my house and was like, you're the worst. Mm. <laughs> Yeah. This is ringing bells now. Okay.
2: <laughs> it was funny. I was talking to Brian the other day, and he was talking. We were talking about. He was talking about. A, we we're talking about the movie, other movies that uh, Innuatu has made. The guy who's made The Revenant, mm-hmm. he made Birdman, Bird- he mm-hmm. made Twenty One Grams, and he was talking about this movie he made called Beautiful with Javier Bardem a few, oh, yeah. a few years ago, and he's like, "Yeah, um, that that movie is a really sl- it's kind of a slog to get through," and I was like, "I don't think I saw that movie," and he was like. Yes, you did. We saw it together in the oh. movie theater. And I was like I was like, I don't I don't he's like, you know, it's Hammer there's like children in sweatshops. And then I remember Oh yes, that timeless joy that, that movie existed. <laughs> um but I was like it was like a memory, just a hole in my memory where this movie, I just like it excise it from my brain. And I have movies like that sometimes. Like I remember I saw with Brian Fun with Dick and Jane, the remake, the oh one with my Jim God. Carrey. Oh Carrey one. Yeah, yeah. And we we walked out of that movie, and I was like, I mean, that movie wasn't like horrible, but it was the most forgettable movie I have ever seen. Like, I will forget tomorrow that I I've seen that movie, but because I said that, I've never really forgotten that I've seen that movie. <laughs> I I the 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 fact that I saw this movie is completely gone from my head. I don't remember anything about it. I remember Harry Bardem, the streets of some like. Like you know, like shanty town and like sadness. That's all. That's all I remember. That's enough. Yeah. And like, sadness. He was nominated her best actor, and that's what <laughs> oh, I was really for that movie. Yeah, that's and that's what I, I would like go out of my way to see every nominee for every Oscar movie. Yeah. So I have movies
0: like that that I know deep down in my core that I thought they were amazing, but at this point in my life, I can only remember certain things, mm-hmm. like Children of Men. That movie's amazing. I remember yes. a house I
3: in the woods.
4: Love <laughs> yeah. that movie. I revisit movie- that movie like. Constantly. It's a
3: great movie. It's it, so many things at once. Action yeah, and, yeah. and science fiction. That's really a really great movie. Drama. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Just, and like, like
4: it's like subtle sci fi.
3: Yeah. 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 yeah.
2: That guy's a good director. Caron is a good he's a good director. And, and he's then done. Clive Gravity. Owen, like, oh, no, yeah. But I, I can't I can't
4: stop that. thinking about him in extras. Who? Clive Owen. Oh Clive Owen, oh, yes. you, yeah. Yeah. Um Yeah. Well, I watched anyone... that David
2: Bowie clip from extras like on loop. I just saw week. that. That was so funny. Yeah. It's so funny.
4: Everything, a great show. Everything yeah. in that show is just perfect. Like just before, like the Kate Winslet stuff where she's like, you have to do a movie about like hol- the Holocaust yeah. to win an Oscar. And then she did. And yeah. she's like, ha, an Oscar.
2: <laughs> yeah.
3: <laughs> well, Patrick Stewart was great. Pa- Patrick Stewart, yeah. yes. Our clothes fall oh off. Oh my God. And even
4: <laughs> um, Daniel Radcliffe. Daniel Radcliffe wants to make out with what's her name.
2: Yeah. And he, and he flicks the condom. <laughs> what?
4: And then he rats yeah. her out to his bum. Yeah, yeah.
2: What is this? You've never seen this show? Extras? No, I've never seen uh, it. Uh Ricky Gervais and uh Stephen Merchant. And they play like C- Ricky Gervais and I can't I don't know the actress's name who plays the woman, but she they're like friends and they, they're extras on t- movies. And every episode has like a super famous guest star on it. So it's like Kate winslet Patrick Stewart, Orlando Bloom, Daniel Radcliffe.
4: She's uh, Ashley Jensen and Stephen Merchant's in it, too. Uh, yeah, Stephen uh, Merchant yes. is
2: also in it. Stephen Merchant is great in it. And, and, but uh and 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 they're always playing like sort of like heightened like sort of you know satirical versions of themselves yeah yeah yeah. so like uh orlando bloom is like super into himself and how good looking he is
4: and then which is actually like ridiculously like i i don't know if i've probably told this story before but there was like when lord of the rings was coming out and he was like on the cover of all kinds of magazines um a model was telling a story about how like she was doing a shoot with him and um He was like looking over to her and kind of like giving her eyes and she was like what me and like waving back and kind of like flirting with him and then like she got up and like was about to walk over and he was like still making the eyes and she looked behind her she looked behind her and there was just a mirror (laughs) (laughs) and he was just like making like eyes at himself and like doing faces and being like "Mm, beautiful boy (laughs) like (laughs) you're great wow look at that hair um but like she thought that he was like hitting on her right
3: Getting um, on himself.
2: Yeah, but Daniel Radcliffe is like a little bit like this, like little sex craze little boy, oh and he like God, just yeah. pulls like a, a, like a, a unwrapped condom out of his pocket when they're like <laughs> at a diner, um, which is, is it's pretty funny. And then there's one where he goes, they go to like a club, and they go, they're like in the VIP area because Ricky Gervais has this show on TV now that like it's very successful, but he hates it because they've they've kind a made it very lowest common denominator, and he and David Bowie is in this VIP area. And he's like talking to David Bowie about what happens, and then David Bowie just starts like improvising a song about him. Yeah. And he turns around. There's just a piano there. <laughs> it's really funny. It's really that show was great. There's only like ten episodes yeah. or something of it. You know, it's just like the the British Office. But uh, that's enough. About everything else that's not comic books. <laughs> but it was fun. It was fun. Let's get into talking about some comic books. Um, those are the kind of discussions that you can hear on our Patreon episodes <laughs> all the time. Uh, all right. So we're going to kind of be doing things uh, like we've been doing kind of the past year tonight, but uh, in the future, we're going to be changing up sort of our, our, our sort of format and stuff like that. We're, we're still going to do the lightning round. Um, and, and, for, for at least two or three uh, weeks, depending on what, what the books are, doing a Shared Book of the Week uh, uh, during the week. But we have some a lot of topics that we wanna to, to, to do and that's gonna kind of take the place of, of Shared Book of the Week in some places. And um, and then also for, you know, we usually do like our landing rounds and we go around the table and sort of each have a book that we're gonna talk about. And uh, we're gonna, gonna change that, make it a little more conversational, you know, uh, so that it's not just everyone has to bring a book. Like, you know, if somebody has a couple books they wanna talk about and someone has none, that'll be okay, because we can sort of just have a, a discussion about it. Um, but but today we're gonna kind of do it more, uh, do it more of a, a kind of a normal thing. Except we don't have a shared book of the week. We're gonna be talking about what we're looking forward to in 2016, um, and I guess also what we're not looking forward to. If that's on your list of things that you want that you want
3: to do, Bobby, Bobby don't encourage negative That was my, hey, that was Bob, hey, this that was, was Bob's, this was Bob's idea for the show. Right. So it, what we're looking forward to and anticipating, and what we might be dreading.
4: Okay. Okay.
3: I, I think that was that that. Item is for one thing in particular that Bob wants
2: to talk about. So
4: I feel like I can, it's now two. It's now Can two. read okay. your mind.
2: <laughs> um, I don't know
4: why I'm a weird like old leprechaun. I was watching The Matrix last week and I couldn't stop like being like, "Oh, look at me. <laughs> I was
2: Like, well, what? Is I to do with the Matrix? Yeah, perfectly normal voice used during The Matrix. <laughs>
4: My friend is like, just like, why are you talking like a leprechaun? I'm like, why not?
2: I saw <laughs> an amazing photo yesterday
0: that was a huge rainbow over a city. And at the edge of the rainbow, at the very end, was a giant lightning bolt hitting the ground. And the top of the photo just said, man, that leprechaun is fucked. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Steve. Hi. You ready to do some lightning round business here? Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm just going to, I mean, I haven't been here in over a
2: month, so I'm just yeah. going to hop around. To be fair, we none of us have talked about any new books in probably yep. a month. So. All right, I'm going to try to
0: not hit on the same things that Bob's going to hit on.
2: All right, so you have three
0: minutes and go. All right, so uh, I checked out, I'm uh, continuing to read The Violent from Ed Brisson. And, uh, man, <laughs> you want to talk about a comic that, uh, oh, I'm sorry, and Adam Adam Gorham as well, as well uh, as Michael Garland. The first issue, if you remember, we had it for our shared book of the week, and it's about a you know a couple down and out on their luck. They both had run-ins with the law and drugs, and something really terrible happened at the end of that uh, issue. And it was just kind of like, wow, like fly on the wall of a terrible life at a terrible place. And where could this like Let's let's hope that these people get redeemed, or, the, or that they can clean up their mess. This is the issue where things go from bad to so much worse. In in the best possible way, as far as like interesting subject matter for a comic book of this type, uh, it just it escalates. People people go missing. Things are not resolved. If anything, the terrible predicament that is facing our characters uh, just gets bigger and more involved. You know, so people that are kind of like looking for answers and a quick turnaround on like, oh, I wonder what happened to this, and we'll find out next issue. You might have to go to three or four, uh, depending on the pacing of this. But I love it so far. Uh, Really quick word about Invincible Iron Man number five. It came out a few weeks ago. This was the Doctor Doom issue, kind of with the the finale with Madame Mask. And, I mean, this... As far as like Marvel series that have been rebooted and stuff like that, this book, I'm so glad that you brought this up onto the show so many times you turned me onto it because I wasn't going to read it and it's easily one of my favorites and this is by far my favorite issue of the whole series and I think I've said that like three times mm-hmm. already. Wow. Um, it just keeps getting better and this really kind of showcases who Doctor Doom is in this rebooted Marvel universe. Uh, we get, you know, his powers, we get kind of a little bit of his motivations. And um the art by uh David Marquez is just it gets better and better every issue. There are some panels in here that's like some of the best stuff that I've seen in like a Marvel comic mm. book uh period. And uh really quick before I run out of time, um I want to thank one of our listeners to uh, ugh, I'm losing my my thought, my train of thought <laughs> here. Uh, he mailed us a package, and uh, he's at Music City Comics on uh, on Twitter if you want to uh, follow him or give him a shout. But he sent me Space Riders from Black Mask, and it is this crazy, crazy pulpy psychedelic uh, space adventure about kind of like a, a misfit Capitan, his baboon right hand man, and like female AI that shoots lasers out of her chest. And it is all, you know, space Kirby-esque. It's actually dedicated to Kirby in the beginning. Um, as far as, like, content and writing, it reminds me of a series of shorts. It's my birthday. I'm going over. <laughs> <laughs> um, if anybody has seen or remembers the show Liquid Television on MTV, this, like, each issue strikes me as, like, a little short that would follow them through the season. And, like, every time you sat down on a Friday night at, like, 1130, you'd be treated to, like, five minutes of this um it's very straightforward it's a lot of fun it's kind of rude but if you're looking for something like just wildly visual it's like super neon and crazy characters and and weird space stuff and aliens that have like innumerable amount of tentacles and excrete from bizarre
3: holes that don't necessarily need to be there Mm. i i thumb through it when you you brought it in. It is interesting, and it once looked like an old comic, and they're actually sort of yellowed the pages, Mm -hmm. so they look like it's that old 70s crappy paper. Yeah, there's like coffee stains and and stuff on it, yeah. The art is very already in. So if anybody's a fan of the Surfer or uh, uh, Art Ops or Mm -hmm. iZombie, you know, take a shot at that. It has a, what I saw, I saw a lot of Red Dwarf. Oh, yeah, yeah.
0: I love Red Dwarf. Rimmer and the Cat. Yeah, this, so good.
4: This has been in my pile. This is my holds pile. It's um,
0: really good. Like it's not. <clears throat> it doesn't have a lot of depth to it in terms of of content and just the characters are very much at least in this first trade. I it could be. I don't know how old this is. Yeah. This is from this year, I think. But um. What you see Black, is what you get. Black
4: mask comics isn't very old. Yeah, I think it's this no,
0: year it's probably started, yeah, this it's year. Definitely yeah, this yeah, year. Yeah. I just I don't know if they're at like this is four issues. That gotcha. it could be at like seven or eight. I, I gotcha. don't know. Yeah, yeah, I gotcha. Um but if you if you like crazy, like heavy metal inspired space yeah. epic kind of stuff, it hits. Well it's like all graffiti. It's like space yeah.
4: graffiti mm. comics. Yes, yeah.
0: It's like if you walked to like a like into like a Pacific Sunwear or like a Zombies mm. and you looked at all of the uh <laughs> The different skateboard art and stuff like that. Or maybe uh, if Tony Hawk was still good yeah, or a new Jet Set Radio Future. <laughs> oh, don't you throw down like that.
2: <laughs> Have you been into a Pacific Sunwear lately? Yeah.
4: It's not the same. I don't even know no, if that it's not. is. It's not, it's not. Is that it- like Spencer's or Hot Topic? No,
2: no. no. Pacific Sunwear or or, or Sun. Like, oh boy! Yeah. Wow. <laughs> That's what it used to be called. Like, yeah, yeah. On the signs no, no, no and, I like, know. And in, in the mall, it was very much like like the alternative like to those things. It was all like yeah. it, de- it depends on like the era, but it was very like skater, surfer. Like you know, we sell like you know. Yeah. If
0: if you wanted to be grungy,
2: but you had money. Yeah, yeah. Because their their <laughs> stuff was
0: was pricey. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you could. It was kind of like a. Like a like a skater chic, yeah. kind of place. You want
2: those those necklaces that everyone the, the wore, like the the yeah, puka, shell necklaces, the puka yeah. shell necklaces, puka oh um, the hemp, or, the, yeah. hemp, yeah, hemp and the, the hemp necklaces, the hemp bracelets, or a sweet visor. That's where you would go. Yeah, at, man. At that point, you gotta you gotta look cool yeah. when you know you're at the skate park. Yeah. Now <laughs> it's like not really that anymore. Now it's like no. just like a normal sort of clothing store that oh. ha- is sort of like California. I'll, Tinted, you know, I'll tell banana. you honestly I'll tell you exactly what it is. Every now and
0: again I'll jump into a hot topic just because just to see and uh, Spencers too. They're in the same wheelhouse mm-hmm. now. Just to see how far away from that stuff that I've I've gotten yeah. in in the past like 10 or 15 years and I remember like you would go into a hot topic and regardless of the attitude and all of the stigma that surrounds that store, you could at least find a good band shirt if you were into yeah. like metal or rock or whatever. They could
2: have geeky t-shirts there too. They would yeah. always have like, there was, that used to be the only place you could find yeah. like, look, it's like Captain America on a t-shirt. You know, right. that was like not a thing. Yeah, when, yeah.
0: yeah. They have a really stellar um, like anime and specifically Miyazaki uh, mm. section. Um, so anyway, the, um, the, the heavy metal bands now, all of their shirts, all of them, they're all this like hyper-neon, mm-hmm. graffiti-esque, really big, obnoxious colors, like loud, louder than iguana pants from back <laughs> in the day, from like middle school, right? Mm-hmm. So this comic is kind of, art-wise, is kind of that. It's really bold and mm-hmm. in your face, and I mean, there's there's something to look at on every page.
2: All right, cool. Uh-huh. Yeah, Space Riders?
0: Yes. From Black Mask. Yes, yeah, Space Riders from Black Mask. I probably should have.
2: Who, I can't pronounce
0: these it? names. Sure oh, Bob, can. come sure on. you
3: can. No. It's your first week back. Go for it. Go for it.
0: Uh, Alexis zurit and Fabian Wrangle Jr. Uh it says created by, written by Fabial, Fabian Rangel Jr. And art by Alexis Zurich. Okay, so it wasn't so bad. Oh. And the letter
2: by Ryan Ferrier. Awesome. The, uh,
4: Black Ryan Ferrier of Tiger
2: Lawyer Does an interesting <laughs> thing. Like, a lot, they will a lot of times put artist name before... Mm-hmm. a writer name uh, in in, in the book It's interesting. It's interesting. Um, hmm. uh, only cuz it's just different. Uh, you know, yeah. uh it's just it's a different thing. Yes, but I'm, I'm looking I'm thumbing through it now. This book yeah. was crazy. Uh all right, Stephanie. You got some books you want to talk about in a lightning round? Type of
4: situation? You do, buddy All right. <laughs> I don't know why I'm like clin right. no, yeah, gonna... You
2: you do know that <laughs> we've been doing this for so long that when you do stuff like that, I don't doesn't even I don't even notice it anymore. <laughs>
4: It doesn't phase.
2: (laughs) It's not even a phase thing. I just hear it as I'm just like, okay, that's Stephanie. Okay, let's just we'll keep going.
4: (laughs) I'm actually pretty okay with that. Yeah,
2: that's how it goes. (laughs) All right, you have three minutes and go.
4: Worst X Men number one. Not an amazing first issue for me, but it had a really interesting premise that plays with the whole question of what would you do if you were born with one of the worst superpowers ever. Um, again. Interesting premise. I adore Michael Walsh, so checked out his art. for the, That was the reason why I went to that book. Um, also, who doesn't want to read about the worst superpowers ever? CapTara yeah. uh, Volume 1. I wish I'd read this before our best of. <laughs> I'm sorry, everyone that did this book. Uh, so freaking fantastic writing and art. Chip Zdarsky, um, Kagan McLeod, um, you're on a mission in space. It all goes tits up. You land on a scary foreign planet. Not sure if you'll ever get home. You're probably an emotional wreck, given this news. Unless you're super happy about it. Like our lead character, who's just like, you know, fuck Earth. <laughs> Cue a whole new world by Aladdin. And he's like, this is this is perfect. Um, add in some <laughs> human alien people from this planet who are like some weird mix of Conan and Kronk from, uh, or Gronk from, whatever fuck his name is Cronk, from *Brave and Groove. It's Kronk. Thank you. Um, it's pretty great. <sighs> what else did I read, you guys? Why what you else? Oh, number? *Spider-Man*, *Deadpool* number one.
2: Oh, okay. I heard good I, things about it. Yeah, I read it.
4: Okay, I actually like. I I don't regularly read either book, um, and I was actually super pleasantly surprised by how much I enjoyed this. I laughed so much and it was that perfect kind of combination of witty banter between two people, two sort of sort of heroes, one actual hero, one question mark. <laughs> um, and, you know, subsequently, what happens when they work together and the banter that comes from him. So it was kind of exactly what I wanted it to be uh, and more because I really didn't have any expectations for it. Um and then the last thing i'm going to quickly talk about is dave 2 which um is by ryan Ferrier. so that's the follow-up to well dave um <laughs> uh, which was the robots basically um robots who have gotten really complacent uh, since they've taken over the world and killed all the humans um, now they're back to uh having a military having kind of being on alert uh, but it's more or less back to normal um, and the main focus is still on Dave. Um, I thought that it was a really... It continues to be a fun story, but, like, the plot felt kind of like they did it just for the hell of it, like, because the first one did so well. Mm. Um, it was just not quite as much of a story as I wanted it to be. It was very family-focused, and I kind of felt like Ryan Ferrier pretty much exclusively wrote it to come up with more, like, robot puns. <laughs> and, like, don't get me wrong... I love puns, uh, but it, Me too. it wasn't. Me <laughs> Yeah, yeah, for pun grinch. Um, uh, but yeah, like it just, I, I didn't love it. I really wanted to, I didn't, um, but I still think it's an interesting read. And again, if you like puns, you'll at least enjoy it for that.
2: All right, cool. Um, so what were those ones you talked about, Stephanie?
4: So, Dave 2, Spider-Man Deadpool number one, Kaptara, Volume 1,
3: and Worst X-Men, Number 1. Cool. So what is the worst power for an X-Men?
4: Well, in this particular story, I mean, I feel like there's still a lot of worse superpowers, but for him, he finds out that he can spontaneously combust. Basically, he becomes like a giant explosion, and he's like, wow, cool, this is great. But if he explodes, he kills himself. Like, that's it.
2: That's not good. So you so, only do it once, yeah, yeah, like yeah. One-off
4: power, um, and so like, you know, <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah I, I remember Scott true. Snyder on a panel, and I think I've talked about this before, but I remember Scott Snyder like playing with a horror story about the worst superpower ever, and I think he mentioned something about, um, sorry, Scott Snyder, if you happen to be listening to this and I'm <laughs> messing this up utterly and completely, please feel free to correct me. Um, but he mentions how like he thought. For like a horror story the worst possible superpower would be like not being it, not having to ever go to the bathroom but like the dude is really conflicted about this he's like but i eat food where does <laughs> it go <laughs> uh, <laughs> like i just remember like listening to this panel and being like why is he talking about poop <laughs> um but yeah i don't know what i want to know you tell us on twitter what you think the worst superpower would be mm mm-hmm. I, I want
2: to know that. <laughs> At Talking Comics. That's what yeah. Let us yeah. know.
4: Worst yeah.
3: super super. What, what, what about you? That. What
4: would your worst superpower be? Oh, uh,
3: out, of, out of nowhere like that. Okay. Where's superpower? Well, yeah. Keep you on your toes. Power of supreme egotism. <laughs> <laughs> no, that'd be good for you, though. What not it even matter? Yeah, no,
2: but you'd, <laughs> you're, you'd eventually, you know, have your comeuppance. If your power was supreme egotism, though, you might get your comeuppance, but you would never think it was. That's true. Your fault. That's true. No, you're right. Okay. You believe
3: everybody else? Uh, yeah. <laughs> and you'd be named Donald Trump. Yeah. No, no, no. We won't go there. Um. Okay. We can go there for least a few minutes. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Moving
2: really slowly. Okay. I, I think. I think going off what you said, Snyder said, never having to go to the bathroom, but always feeling like you have to. Fuck. Oh! <laughs> that, that is that is my superpower. <laughs>
4: I'm trying to think of like a good one, like.
0: I think telepathy would suck, being if,
3: able if to. If you re- couldn't control it, if you could control it, it'd be okay. Mm. If you heard everyone's thoughts every minute of every day, you'd be insane in, I, in an hour. I in the would... beginning of
2: every movie with anybody who ever read telepathy, yeah. all the voices. Yeah, I know,
4: like the Sookie Stackhouse book, this is, this is like her entire like <laughs> dilemma.
2: Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, Waiting in line for a
0: movie and somebody who's already seen this thinking about the end. <laughs> yeah,
4: You mother Being <laughs> able to summon <laughs> pigeons.
2: <laughs> hey, that worked Although for Squirrel like Girl, army.
3: kind of. Yeah, Ryan know? North
2: could write an adorable comic book yeah. about you if
3: you did,
4: if that was your power.
3: <laughs> your power is you always wait on line at movies but yeah, never but get you'd in. Yeah,
4: they'd be covered in poop. Like they'd be like, "Come to me, pigeons," and, like, rrr, rrr, and then you'd be like, "Ugh, poop!" Like,
2: <laughs> okay. I feel, but I feel like it would have to be like an uncontrollable summoning of pigeons because. If that was the case, you would just never do it. Like,
4: whenever you're in distress, they, like, automatically come to you and, like, oh, my God. Like, in my new job, like, in this office building on, like, the 57th floor, all of a sudden, you're, like, the windows just black out and there's just pigeons everywhere.
3: (laughs) (laughs) We're coming to you. (laughs) You can control snails. They'll come and do your bidding. Yeah. Four years later. Mm-hmm. Oh my god. But, the, but four years later, that person <laughs> yeah, better watch
2: out. Yeah. Because they're gonna. I'm gonna get you. They're gonna have go- goop all over them. <laughs> uh, all right. Bob. Snail man. Snail man. No, <laughs> my god. Snail that, that's mail. definitely like a '90s f list. Like a '90s no. like superhero parody comic.
0: We've well, got on the tick.
3: we've well, <laughs> yeah. well, got chipmunk hunk and Koi boy. We could have snail mail. Yeah. Snail mail, snail mail. <laughs> That's also
0: sort oh of my a god,
3: pun.
2: I love it. M a l e. I love <laughs> it. It's also sort of a pun. Oh my god! Sorry. Write it down. It's, All right, it's going on
3: the board. All right, Bob, you have three minutes and go. Well, the new Red Sonia number one is by Marguerite Bennett and artist Anique, and it certainly has the DNA of the previous run by Gail Simone, with Ms. Bennett having a firm grip on Sonia's character, and the art by Anique is just beautifully painted, and her use of facial expressions just really pretty staggering so if you dropped off because it's not gail simone you want to try the new red sonja as well speaking of sort of female warriors mighty thor number three brings us another chapter in the long-running thor loki feud but obviously some big differences this time around and not only with thor but loki has some new tricks up his sleeves
0: mm. oh, i thought you were going somewhere else with Slee- that.
3: <laughs> there, there's lots of loki yes there's lots of, lots of loki and lots of sleeves and it's hysterically funny and gripping uh, three issues in, Squadron Supreme by James Robinson and Leonard Kirk has just really gotten off to a fast start. The team is assembled from various other squadrons from the Earths that were destroyed. So we have the Hyperion we saw in Avengers leading up to Secret Wars. <laughs> I said it. Uh, we also have the Power Princess, the Wonder Woman character from the original squadron. We have Blur, renamed from the Wizard, from the new universe. And they have decided now that they're on our Earth, after everything ended over there in Sequel Wars 9, they're going to protect the Earth and take all sorts of measures, whatever they need to do. The first issue has a huge character death, and I'll just leave that there. People are trying to catch up. But it definitely has that Mark Grunwald feel where they're trying to create a utopia. It doesn't matter what they have to do to get it. It is really staggering. Wonderful covers by Alex Ross and Squadron Supreme one to three. I think we have a fourth one coming this week. No, no, maybe it's next week. Uh, Scarlet Witch number two, beautifully written by the aforementioned Mr. Robinson, as Wanda continues to put her life back together while trying to put the world of magic back together at the same time. Yep. This time around, each issue is going to have a different artist to replicate whatever world view that Mr. Robinson wants to have for where Wanda is. Marco Rudy does something incredible within here. Beautifully painted. I, I imagine it's watercolors. It's set in Crete with the minotaur who famously lives at the center of a maze. Every page is laid out like a maze. The entire thing yeah. is a maze. Staggering, staggering. It's like birth. some
0: uh, some like J.H.
3: Williams Batwoman stuff. Oh, absolutely. That's that perfect. Mm-hmm. Absolutely where we are. Um, then there's Secret Wars number nine. Now, I know a lot of people are going to be catching up with this. I am not going to tell you what happens at the end, except we all know that we sort of come back to the earth. This is really beautifully written corporate crap. <laughs> it is, it, 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 it advanced an agenda. We got to a certain place. We blew up the earth and changed nothing. <laughs> Bob went over his time.
2: Who now are he you? No, st- he stopped. He, he could stop He was right not there. done, though. That was not a, that was not a I finishing. I knew it was coming, But though. if he leaves it hanging, <laughs> it'll be so good. Uh, no, Bob, finish. Put no. what you're Um,
3: look, look, where, where we're at at this point is we spent, even those of us who didn't spend a lot of money, spent a lot of money on sidebar issues, some of which were a lot of fun. And we get to a place where, as Tom Brevoort, big executive over at Marvel, it's the last Fantastic Four story. But we went a long way around to get to, we don't want to publish that book anymore.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
3: And yeah, uh, it's Jonathan Hickman. He does care for these characters. We get to some interesting places. The whole cover is a Dr. Doom, Reed Richards battle. And we pull back stuff from all over the place. I was kind of right about some aspect of this ending a year and a half ago. How long? Is it a year and a half? We first started probably talking about oh, this Talking
2: thing. about it is at least a year. I mean, yeah. it was probably more than that. But yeah, yeah, yeah.
3: Um, again, uh, Esau Rubik's art is amazing. Mm-hmm. It is not—I mean, I'm talking about corporate crap. The book isn't crap mm-hmm. in terms of how it's written and drawn. Right. You're talking about like the, the, the stuff the around this, yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Because it, it's a beautiful book to look at. Mm-hmm. It's it's touching to read. But we went a long way around the barn to get to uh, no changes in the Marvel universe, particularly except, well, a couple of people are different. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, one book I, I didn't get to, the new A Force, which brings us to uh, Singularity. For those who remember that character from the, from the miniseries by by Marguerite and G Willow Wilson, but we're we haven't advanced, I think. Except now we have Prime Earth, mm. which when DC did it, it was Earth Prime. Mm-hmm.
1: Uh.
3: So for all those people, me included, who said that DC and Marvel had switched places last year with Convergence and Secret Wars. Well they've reversed Earth Prime into Prime Earth. <laughs> and stuff happens. Hmm. For those catching up, maybe as a whole it reads better than it did for me having skipped like five issues. <laughs> Probably. Can I can, <laughs> but- <laughs> I, can I can I ask you a question? Sure. I may okay. not answer you because I don't want to spoil anything. Mm. Okay.
0: Now you know, a couple weeks ago, a couple months ago, whenever, whenever the secret wars stuff had started, the beginning of time, yeah. sure, <laughs> yeah,
3: yeah. And, Before time mm, ran out, yeah,
0: and like we eventually, like, like, like we made Bobby, you know, pretty much said, you know, every week that we come to this stuff with like the new books, we can't say that like, oh, we don't know what happened mm-hmm. and we don't have the whole story yet mm-hmm. and whatever. Okay, so with that in mind, now that it's over, do you feel like having read the whole thing? that there is stuff in there that dictates what's going on now and that it's necessary to have read Secret Wars. Nope.
4: I feel like it's it wasn't necessary to read Secret Wars before Secret Wars came out. (laughs) yeah, But right now,
3: it's not necessary to have read Secret Wars to read the books that are coming out and being relaunched. I don't need to read Secret Wars to read Doctor Strange, Scarlet Witch, Howard the Duck, Silver Surfer. Probably not. Even Avengers, except it's a new team of Avengers, but they always had new teams of Mm -hmm. Avengers.
0: Because, like, like for a while we were like, well, whatever happens in Secret Wars, because we don't know. Like, there's nothing in here that you feel was, like, momentous enough to set, like, the precedent for the next.
3: No, there is not that. The Crisis on Infinite Earths, for whatever it was all worth and maybe it was overwritten and too long and whatever, when DC did that and you started over, you started over. It was not even like the New Fifty Two, where some books mm-hmm. carried through. Mm-hmm. That ended everything, and so there's a new Superman, a new Batman, new Wonder Woman. It all began again. This is eh. okay. a couple of characters have been affected. One, particularly, who we all kind of know about, mm. whose book was delayed okay. for months. Right, Miles.
2: Yeah.
3: <gasps> if, I, I, have, I have one more. I haven't question read it, so I'm not right right have one
0: uh, yeah. more question for you before we we jump off of this. As a Fantastic Four fan, specifically of Jonathan Hickman's Fantastic mm-hmm. Four, is this worth my reading as a Fantastic Four story? You will
3: find some pages near the end to be staggeringly touching and infuriating at the same time. Ah. <laughs> okay. How's that? How's Can that for mystery?
4: I, <laughs> okay. Can I, like, sort of on top of like events and sort of big two step. Did anyone see um, Big Bang Comics and their kind of discussion last night? um, As a retailer,
2: I certainly did. I actually, I actually favored it because I was going to bring it up. Tell us, Um, (laughs) Comics
4: Beat did like they storyized all of it um, for anyone who wanted to follow it, like me. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> uh, we should have done this, but comic speed is great, so I'm okay with supporting them. <laughs> Anyways, um, so the headline from Heidi McDonald was, are we seeing the twilight of the big two? And again, this is following the tweets from uh, Big Bang Comics. Um, So I'm just going to read the tweets so that you can kind of get an idea from where it started, if that's okay with you, Bobby. Sure. Yeah, um, so again, this, they're a retailer, so I think that they have a really genuine say in the marketplace mm-hmm. obviously they're the ones purchasing the books that we subsequently buy um so so far no one guessed our lowest selling marvel book right now should we say what it is before we call it a day they did like a little guess what it is um, our lowest selling marvel title is red wolf Few have guessed it um as it genuinely has flown under everyone's radar. The numbers on this are genuinely surprising. It used to be that being a top two book would guarantee you a certain plateau of sales. Um, we've been talking about how DC books have been selling less and less lately, and now Marvel is there too. It's not a quality thing. A lot of these books are genuinely really good and enjoyable. It's a numbers thing. How many books can today's market genuinely support and at what price point? and at what give and sorry what gives when something has to give we're honestly looking at the sales of some of the marvel books and shaking our heads in disbelief but there's so many of them and to make things worse they're all being launched at the same time on the same day it's hard to make an analogy to any other industry as comics are unique but this is ridiculous there's no there's no effort anymore to build a sustainable fan base it's throwing stuff at the wall and praying something sticks is it that some Corporate levels need to be hit and so many books need to be published? Is it a, an attempt to flood the market and take sales from image comics who are just growing and growing and taking the major talents away? Is it genuinely um, belief that if you build it, they will come? We have never seen so many people coming in and canceling all Marvel or all DC po- books in their pull list. It happens loads. And there are so many good books suffering because of this at their majors. Great books are not getting the chance they deserve, and that's not even mentioning the amazing books done by smaller publishers that don't get the chance to be seen in this market. It's hard. You sell comics. It's usually because you love the medium and you want to see it doing well, and it's not. Sales overall in the industry are good, but they could be better if the growth was more organic and natural, as opposed to—and this is in all caps for the next little bit— Here's 50 new number ones and seven variants for each. Oh, woo! <laughs> um woo! <laughs> uh, I More do know we moan it. a lot when it comes... Oh, sorry. I do know we moan a lot when we are doing these things. But this genuinely kills us. There's so many new readers out there and the main tune go out of their way to make it as obtuse as possible for them to get into comics. Are you enjoying this comic? Great! We'll arbitrarily put this thing on hold for months and months while well, we do an event that has nothing to do with this book you love. And, uh... <laughs> Yeah, they, I, I'm not sure if there's anything kind of following. Oh, shit, kind of carries on, but um, that's yeah. really... Yeah, I thought the next one was,
2: was, was interesting because it was like yeah. a kind of like an exact like example where it said, we can look at our poll list and point at the people oh, that, yeah. that Here, came yeah. in to buy Batgirl, for example, didn't find it while Convergence was on and never came back. Yeah. People yeah, that w- then... were just getting to comics and couldn't understand what had happened. Yeah, we've lost so many new readers at a time where they are jumping at the chance of starting to read comics look what what do we what do we know we're only retailers we're only the ones that deal with the customers all we can offer is our point of view and here at the trenches we're seeing potential customers literally going away confused and unhappy and that's not good for anyone so yeah
0: Yeah, i've uh i've been following that that account for a while yeah and uh i really appreciate kind of like the the hard honesty of what it's like to be somebody that's running a comic shop and watch the trends Mm -hmm. come and go and Watch your, you know, your income as a store go fluctuate Mm -hmm. so much Mm -hmm. by the trends in the industry.
2: Yeah.
0: And uh, yeah, I've seen a couple of discussions and like almost like late night rants, but really not so much rants, but like well put together. Mm-hmm. Like a voice for so many of those stores that that are fighting with all of this stuff. Yeah, and uh, yeah All that stuff is there's so much
2: truth in all of it yeah, I mean we talked about and, it a little bit a couple of weeks ago right about about this whole topic. yeah,
4: and um There was an article that just went up on the site. Oh god. I'm so sorry I totally am spacing on mm-hmm. who oh here it is by uh, Darnell Savantly who did a pricey predicament the rising cost of comics and I think our Facebook has been the most active it has ever been in response to this,
1: mm-hmm.
4: and like, open your eyes, DC and Marvel. Like, you can't charge four dollars for a comic. Mm. It's twenty-one pages, <laughs> and like five of those are freaking ads. Yeah,
2: well, forget about four dollars. Yeah, <laughs> that's we're, that's we're the problem is that we're going issues. we're going
3: above four at this point. And then again, you lock into place. I need to buy a certain amount of books. Mm-hmm. To find the story I'm reading across, how many Bat titles, Avengers titles, so mm. on and so forth. Those smaller books where so much quality is being done, even at the Big Two, forgetting that it tries to, it's definitely trying to cull money away from the mm. indies. How do I go discover Red Wolf mm. or whether it's Squirrel Girl or Bizarro or whatever else is going on at the Big Two? Those books are going to fall away. Mm. And do those creators then disappear? I had a conversation with a comic storm recently where he's saying the the entire way the industry worked has flipped. It used to be as a as a writer or artist, you started at an indie and tried to get the attention of Marvel or DC and then do a big book. Now it's find a way to them, do an important book and then go do creator own somewhere else. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Anyways,
4: I know we keep kind of beating this. Well beating of marvel and dc but like it's i feel like it's just so important to keep bringing this up and to pressuring them into realizing that they're not making the best choices right now for our industry
2: yeah and i think that the what they point out about creating a sustainable fan base i think is the most interesting and and sort of important point about it is that it's absolutely true like it, it seems like um and i'm not talking about right i mean this is probably even above right the you know the. Dedeo and Lee's like purview, you know. I don't think they set the prices no. for their books, you know. So it's a, even above an edi- it's a totally separate from editorial context uh, of this. Um, in in the fact that I, I feel like these companies are not either they don't realize the people who decide this the like the sort of corporate strategy don't realize or don't care that they're sort of they're sort of hurting and creating you know bubbles co- like constantly popping bubbles of. It's it, and it be, it begins the cycle of we always talk about how it was a it was a maybe a good idea to sort of go to a sort of volume structure right where you can so they can let people jump on yeah. you know they're never more than a couple issues away more never more than twelve issues away from being able to be caught up with something or start of a new story arc yeah a new exactly team, right. exactly but they've sort of taken that good creative idea and turned it into this just sort of pure. Money-making idea which is that let's just put out number ones constantly because that way we know number ones will always sell a bunch And if we're only Six to twelve issues only a year away from number Mm -hmm. one all this book has to do is sort of sustain itself for a year And then we can just relaunch it again, you know double the sales and move on yeah, and and, and, but never really create anything that's sort of ongoing and pushing forward and It's a it's it's a shame that that stuff is happening because it, it you know I mean there are, now there there are sort of like you know something like Valley is sort of like uh, I you know has sort of like the the makeup of a big of a big two company like as far as a universe goes but does it in a small press sort of fashion with the the eye to making a sustainable because they're hungry and they want to sustain something um and, and but I think that as 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 much as I would prefer to read most of the indie stuff at this point those two companies are very important because they put out books that are much more serialized that can generate they're like they're like selling dvds at a at a electronic store it never you know it doesn't have to it doesn't make the industry grow but it keeps the lights on and i and i think that that they're important that they they have that model that works and keeps making money but i feel like they're just worried they're just like okay yeah we'll we'll have 10 star wars books in the top 10 and everything else will slowly just fall and fall and fall and and that's that's a real shame
3: at this point it's a crying shame there's still, plenty of great stories to be told with those yes. major characters, yeah. and we can see they are happening, but they're being paid less and less attention to as we go.
2: Yeah, and like like and like the, the sweet tweet said, it's not about the it's not about Red Wolf being a a, a bad book or being a bad idea. It's just about how much how much how much how many units can the market maintain? You know, mm-hmm. there, there's a reason why. And again, it's it's tough to compare stuff because it's not an apples to apples comparison. It's t- totally apples to oranges. But there's a reason why, you know. Only a certain amount of movies come out in the movie theater every every week, you know. Um, Some of it's more than others, and you can see it borne out in in sort of the box office is laid out. But like they they know there's a certain amount of movies that can be supported in any sort of real way by the amount of audience that goes to see movies. And if you if you inundate too much, and I'm talking about wide release here, not just you know everything else you're going to you're going to kill everything because you're not it's it, everything's going to get made less because there's too much in mm-hmm.
3: in the market. And here in a much smaller marketplace yeah, absolutely. with a quarter of a million readers, let's yeah. maybe yeah. it's a half a million. Yeah. Wow.
4: It's, it's really interesting. I'm looking at mm. amazon.com's bestsellers for graphic novels and like Marvel and DC are barely on here. Like number 1 is Fun Home, a family tragic comic mm. by Alison Bechdel. Yeah. Which actually like, don't get me wrong. She's, like, a household name as far as movies and feminism and all that stuff mm-hmm. by now. But, like, I honestly didn't see that coming. Well, there's um, a
2: Broadway show of it right yeah.
4: now. Oh, really? I yeah. didn't know that. Yeah.
2: yeah, there's a Broadway show.
4: Uh, there's, like, Amazing, Fantastic, Incredible, um, the Stan Lee mm-hmm. um about know, Bob. Walking Dead, March, book one by John Lewis. Mm-hmm. Uh, Persepolis, The Killing Joke. Mm-hmm. Um, Understanding Comics by Scott McCloud. Scott McCloud, yeah. Uh, grim Fairy Tales from Xenoscope, <laughs> um, Star Wars, Darth Vader, uh-huh. uh, Mouse. Mm-hmm. Like, there's, you know, Civil Wars on here at 17. Yeah. Like, Marvel, you're not even on here. And then where you're on here, <laughs> it's because Star Wars fucking rocked this world. <laughs> like, you are not and on anyone's mind it's tough to because it together. It,
2: it, 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 you know, obviously book markets are different than mm-hmm. than comic markets but it's true like, but like yeah. I feel like
4: in terms of graphic novels these are the people aren't go, that aren't going into shops. oh yeah absolutely absolutely yeah. Yeah. You know, yes. Barnes
3: like, and Noble and buying on yeah, Amazon yeah right. and absolutely. I feel
4: like it's a really interesting um, variation to the numbers we get from Diamond oh yeah
3: absolutely
2: a- absolutely it is uh, but it's
4: just like you know <laughs> no one cares about Secret Wars and no one cares about these books that you just insist on throwing at us do quality titles
3: yeah well here's the thing i I agree that people don't care mm-hmm. but some people still are buying them yeah and well, that's that's what where the, I find the real shame is we're buying very often out of habit yeah and being almost forced into certain corners mm-hmm. where there are so many other more interesting corners to yeah. explore even in the big two yeah I want to say I think
4: Again, well, again, you guys hold the phone.
3: We're talking the about.
4: Babysitters Club has a graphic novel. Yeah, <laughs> yeah like, totally. Like Raina Yeah. Um. Oh, what? Yeah. Like um, what? I want to make clear, like I'm Sorry, we're saying... everything else is irrelevant now. <laughs> yeah. I, I okay, think right,
2: the gen- general general <laughs> like general population doesn't even know what Secret Wars is, right? I mean, we're, there's two different things we're talking about. Talking about like a, a, the people, you know, people who don't come into comic shops who are buying graphic novels on Amazon which is uh, totally obviously an important and and valid consumer base but the people who do buy comic books there's a large section of them who do care about about the or, okay. or want yeah. to care about what's happening whatever the quality ends up being for these things they get involved and 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 excited about these big things that happen because again they they they, they love the idea of these universes being interconnected and and and, right. and all this I stuff offer going on. No, no, no I'm not ever apologizing. No, no, but, but you're, no, you're right. But I'm just saying, you yeah. know, it's like, so there is there's a place to care about it, and and like you said, Bob, it's not as if what you read was bad, right? The, the you said it was beautiful to look at, and it was very well written, but it's sort of the circumstances around it, which are frustrating, and and I think that, you know, as you as you go through this time, and and as we as we read more and more books, and we see how these companies are starting to shake out, the circumstances become more laid bare to us the longer we do this right because we're just closer to the the flame mm-hmm. for more and yep. more and it, the, the sort of the mask sort of melts away at a certain point and you see nakedly bare that if you go back and read the press cycles from this year and last year and the year before they're all basically the same thing saying the same stuff and that gets annoying and, and it presses down on you and it sucks that like this is over and now it's like okay but why did it it happened other but it sucks too because like yeah we asked us sort of why did it happen right we, we now we're, these new books you don't have to have read secret wars which i guess is sort of the point right because if they want people to jump on you should not have to read the nine issue thing that you will not understand for the till for the life of you but the other thing is like what if secret wars could just exist and be a good nine issue miniseries just to be a good nine issue miniseries mm-hmm. and didn't have to have this sort of universe clanging you yeah, know overriding or the entire thing. universe d- disrupt yeah but also like that's like the press that's like, that's like the PR cycle for Secret Wars right it's, it's pushing it at you this is gonna change the, this is gonna change the world so even though you don't want the world changed when it doesn't change the world <laughs> you're like well what was the point well, yeah. they're like no this is just gonna be a really like uh, 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 from Jonathan Hickman, like the writer of all these great comic books, this nine issue Mar- nine issue Marvel miniseries where he gets to like take all the toys he wants to take and do all these crazy things with it, and just look at how beautiful and crazy it's gonna be. Enjoy it.
3: I'd have felt much better. You know, we all would have.
2: Yep. Because then it becomes something like multiversity, which is like crazy and does all this weird Perfect. shit with all these different characters. But you're never wondering like how's this gonna rope back in to the the fifty two and the DC universe as a whole, and when it does in little ways, that's just exciting because you're like, oh, that's cool that it. Nice the little surprise in. we had. Exactly. So I I just wish that they would. I just don't think they they're too wrapped up right now in this event thing, and it's because when they put events out, that they they sell. they sell, and they can they can they can the comic book industry can can hold up nine eight to nine months six to nine months of getting a book to sell, calling it an event, but it can't make. For the most part, three-, four-, five-year-old series continue to sell and sell and sell unless it's called Batman. Yeah. Um, and who knows what's going to happen with that when
3: they so, leave. you yeah. know. So what, what, what gets me, though, we, we talked about this from the very beginning. Mm-hmm. The movies attract so many more eyeballs. Well, yeah. You see little kids at the theaters, and they're wearing their superhero shirts, mm-hmm. and they would love to go read the superhero books that replicate the movies mm-hmm. they saw. And you walk into a store and they're not there mm-hmm. or they can't be read by little kids because they're rated teen plus, mm-hmm. which is sometimes only the marketing ploy. Because if you write it just teen or all ages, people think it's for little kids. Right.
4: I When I worked, um, like when Walking Dead was still kind of just coming um, to TV, it hadn't really become the critical success that it is mm. um I remember this mom bringing in her like probably like nine ten year old son and picking up The Walking Dead and I was like hey like you can buy it because like obviously you're his guardian and that's your call but like that's super not appropriate like there's like rape and like murder and like it's kind of maybe not a great starter <laughs> comic for your kid and she was like whatever at least he's reading. And I'm like, okay, well that's one way to look at it. I mean, you know, like I really admire your positive angle here, but like okay. You know what I'm you buy it. Cool. Mother of the year. Sixteen
2: eighty seven, please. <laughs> um so yeah, I mean it's something we're gonna we have talked about it a bunch and we do bring it up, but like it's something that's gonna ongoingly affect the industry that we tend to talk about um and when we get to the 2016 stuff i have something that kind of relates to this in some ways not in a negative way in, in more of a positive way but um yeah so it's it's a, it's a really important topic to talk mm-hmm. about um so let me, let me get my lightning round out of the way real quick i don't, I don't have i don't know if, even if i have three minutes of stuff to talk about um just because it's been i'm gonna start my time right now because it's the whole thing i uh it's been it's been a while. It's been a month since we really talked about new books. So I've read a ton of stuff, but some, I don't remember most oh. of it because it's been a while, right? Yeah,
4: I know. I was like looking through my list, and I, like I'm normally pretty good at keeping what like I've talked about and what I haven't talked about mm-hmm. separate. And I was like, this seems long. <laughs> like I'm like, did I talk about these things? Like, hmm, I don't remember. <laughs>
2: So, uh, something really quick in the newest issue of Dr. Strange, number four, we're continuing sort of the, the idea of, um, the, the Sorcerer Supreme being murdered and sort of magic being snuffed out and, and Dr. Strange sort of having this meeting at a bar where he's getting together <laughs> all these, all the, the great sorceresses and sorcerers from the Marvel universe. And this is just sort of another, you know, another kind of, you know, tick in, 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 in that story. And it's very, it's very, very good. Um, some great two-page spread panels like there have been in all the other ones from Boculo. Jason Aaron still did a great job. Uh, It was definitely the most like, sort of, I won't say that, a a bunch happened, but it felt the least propellant of of all of the issues. Um, I I still really enjoyed it. It's still one of my favorite Marvel series going right now. Um, Archie number five, uh, which uh, continues. um, We we finally know what the lipstick incident was, (gasps) and now we're we're moving past that into Jughead and Betty trying to sabotage Archie and Veronica's I this too. relationship. You did okay. <laughs> I forgot about this. <laughs> um, I do want. I want the thing I want to point out is that last month, uh, Any Woo did the art. This month, it's uh, Veronica Fish with uh, Jack Morelli and Andre Simakowicz. Well, looks amazing. Um, really cool. It has almost like a. Like A not scary Franca <laughs> like look to it, and ways. forth. With a little Fiona, yeah, a little Fiona to it as well, a little, a little Annie as well. I think it's, yeah, uh, but uh, orphan Annie, oh, yeah, orphan <laughs> Annie. Um, but it's uh, it sees uh, um, yes, uh, Jughead and Betty teaming up with, of all people, Reggie Mantle <gasps> to try to wow. sabotage their relationship. Things don't go exactly oh. as planned because Reggie is involved, and let's face it, Reggie is the worst. Uh, he is the worst. This, I just, uh, it's great. It's like I just this and Jughead. I just love every month picking them up, reading them, and like it's just they have like their little story threads that go on, of course, but they're very obvious, and I, I, everything's very fun and well put together, and it just really, really works as as a series. I'm really excited to see it keep going. Paper Girls number four, obviously, is another one that came out. Um, it, it was the most I think the most focused and talking of all the all, all of all the ish, issues that we got. Um, a lot of time in the sewer. A lot of time in the <laughs> sewer, and it it gives us probably more information about what's going on than any other issue, but left me probably more confused than I was before. Because there's a lot of layers and strata of all the people that are going on here, but still a, a great, great series. I um, mean, those are the major things. I did also read Thor and absolutely loved uh-huh. it. Uh, I'm coming to kind of uh, realize about myself that I think Loki is one of my favorite characters probably of all time. <laughs> um, especially this last, like, sort of, like, five, six years of him um, from the kid to the sort of, like, teenage I think, Loki. I think the
0: kid Loki stuff really kind of... Put, put him in a place for you to pay attention to him mm. and, and keep an eye on him throughout. Yeah. And uh, that character, the, the people have been, all all writers have been doing a wonderful job with yeah. that character in the past couple of years. Yeah.
2: And, and Douterman oh, again, just yeah. amazing, amazing stuff here. It's just mm. g- gorgeous. And and this, this page, there's a page with all these different Lokis on it. It's not a spoiler. It's like the fifth page of the book. I know, but I'm waiting to pick that up physically. I haven't gotten it yet. <laughs> okay. I haven't been
0: to a comic shop in a few
2: weeks. I'll just say this. There's a giant cat Loki. <laughs> <laughs> Sold. Yeah, I'll <laughs> buy two. Um, and there's also uh, I don't know how to say the Loki version of Thur, a Shoki. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> A lady yok- uh, Loki. Um, yeah. really, really good. Lady uh, Loki. I really loved it. What do you think of Archie, Stephanie?
4: I really liked it. Yeah. Um, I, I, I continue to find the new stuff interesting and. Like I have to remind myself that these are characters that I grew up with and, like, are naturally just kind of endeared to me. Mm-hmm. Um, I like the different kind of adaptations, um, like the interpretations rather uh, on the characters themselves. Obviously, there is bits and pieces of the original characters, but some of those characters are pretty outdated.
1: <laughs> <laughs> um,
4: but like, I I like where they're going with. Veronica, I kind of like, you know, um, the the things where they're like, is she really as bad? Like, this is kind of her weird way of weirdly being into him. Like, mm-hmm. it's, I, I like these subtle little things that make you reconsider whether you hate her or not. Mm-hmm. Um, I like Betty. I like, it, she kind of borders on, um, like, too much girl next door but that's always been her thing Mm -hmm. like always the girl next door that is just everybody's pal like this beautiful blonde but like she's everybody's buddy and um i i like what they're doing there where she's playing around with the popularity thing and trying to make friends i i think that the story is interesting i wish that maybe uh it's veronica fish right
2: Mm -hmm. veronica fish
4: I I think that it was cool of Fiona Staples to do the first few arcs as kind of a gimmick. Look at this! Because that's probably all they could afford. (laughs) Um, But I kind of wish maybe they'd started out with somebody like her. Like, I wish that this first arc had consistency. Mm -hmm. I honestly, I love Fiona Staples' art. And, like, I think she was a great cover artist. Like, I own the variant of Betty and Veronica's Mermaids. Like, (laughs) it's amazing. Um, But I don't feel like I loved her as the interior artist um and that's not a knock on her art I just think that um, it was a bit too like let's make it like Greece where these 40 year olds are playing 16 year olds um like I, I
2: don't know evil person it, made Greece
4: it, yeah <laughs> <laughs> so, um, it it's obviously still good and Mark Wade's storytelling is... Uh, definitely a play on um, the the old stuff mm-hmm. uh, made new, but um, yeah, I, I haven't caught up on Jughead, but the Archie stuff I am really um, still quite enjoying. Yeah, um,
2: you know, I think a lot of the the samples thing is, I mean, I don't, I, I was fine with her interior art for the book, but a lot of it I think is to make a splash, right? It, it it's look, we need, to, we want to get attention on the book, we want people to to buy this book. And so let's have you know two of the biggest creators in yeah, in the industry sure. you know uh, start out this arc or whatever. And she did do all the redesigns on the characters, and I think the redesigns are are generally good for, for everybody. Um, but yeah, I, I really enjoyed it, and I'm looking forward to uh, you know th- this going forward. Uh, yeah, and what, Jughead's been really good as well. Whatever happened to Afterlife with Archie? I don't know. What happened to Sabrina? Sabrina. Uh, books are never coming
3: out. <laughs> Sadness. I was
0: going to break into song, but I'm not going to.
3: (laughs) And what song would that have been? I was going to do All By Myself. By Eric Carmen. Yeah.
0: Nice. But um, (laughs) I'm not feeling the notes. (laughs) I might need to to bust open this- uh, Maker's Mark. Maker's Mark that Bobby and uh, I would assume Karen as well. Yes, of course. That's how it goes when it's you're how married, goes when married, right? Yeah. Joint gifts. Joint gifts. Man, it's it's good, easy street. time. It's so good. It's so good. I
2: remember. Be like,
0: this is from the both of us. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yes.
2: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, all right, so we talked about we did all our laying around stuff. Um uh Steve, is there any book this week that you were you want to talk about specially?
0: Yeah, can I, can I just I mean I've been away for a while. Can I just give like a like a name shout out
2: sure. to Steve, a few? See, we, we none of we none of us have talked about books in the amount of time that you have been gone. Listen here. Alright. Yeah. Yes. Listen here, friend. The the week you the first week you were gone, we did Star Wars and that was it. Yes. <laughs> then we did all our award shows and then we did another award show.
0: I caught up with a bunch of stuff during the break mm-hmm. and I just Oh, so you I'm... should
4: have got it in under your lightning I mean, round. Right off.
2: Letter let off. You can let it off names. DC, All I want his names. DC bombshells. Okay.
0: Uh the Death Defying Doctor Mirage. uh, Second Lives. Giant Days. Harrow County. Illuminati. And that's it. Okay. So good. So good. So good. Uh but my uh my 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 book of the week or the thing that that stuck out to me the most. Um. I'm actually a little surprised that I chose this to to be like my main focus this week because I left it not knowing how I felt about it. And I guess guess I'll get to that uh, in a minute. Hmm. But uh, a little while ago, uh, the Jim Henson Storytellers uh, Witches series was going on. And one of the contributors to that series was S.M. Vidari. Uh, I can't remember which. I think he did issue number two of that arc. But um, he's got this really beautiful uh, kind of like almost like smear paint look to his stuff. Very simple, but very bold uh, in his color choices. The the, the colors really pop and and kind of stand out, Um, which is kind of interesting considering that the uh, whole presentation of this book is kind of. Washed out and yeah, very far away. pastel, very, yeah. very pastel, very dreamlike. Um, so the book that I'm actually talking about, I'll get to that now, is called Iscariot and it is a uh, graphic novel published by Archaea. And uh, what you have in this book is you have a society of magicians and people that have been. Um, think of like a, a pillar in the middle of town, and this pillar is emitting this magical energy, and they've been feeding off of it for years. And they have a society that's built around magic, and they they Schmarnia. borrow from it. What's that?
4: Shmarnia. <laughs>
0: sure. <laughs> <laughs> the thing Why is, is it log
4: farts. <laughs> that's
2: enough, Stephanie. This is the, this go. is this is the way it
4: is.
0: Go, go. Yeah. Go. We're go. back. We're back. I'm back.
4: <laughs> so
0: here's a deal. For every time that you pull from this magic, like to to get something you have to take away, right? So for this magic that has existed, kind of in like, if you want to think of it like a pocket universe, because the thing is, is that this magic exists, but only certain people, they reveal themselves to people in like, let's say our world. So they don't exist. The magic exists, but we don't know it. They choose to reveal themselves to people when only necessary. And whenever they create magic, they create death. It's a it's a give and take relationship. Only a certain pool of magic can be drawn from. Right, it. That's right. So they've basically built a society where they have sacrifices and somebody is nominated to be sacrificed for the sake of this magic. And every, let's say every season, every year, someone needs to be sacrificed in order for that life energy to power this crystal or this tower in order for them to pull on it and kind of keep their society going. Um, There is a young magician, who is kind of the disciple of like the grand poobah of this entire society and idea. And he decides that he's not comfortable with the idea of killing or, or not so much killing, but just taking the, the life energy of someone who's passed and someone who's lived a full life and kind of recycling their life mm-hmm. energy. Um, he decides that he's going to find a way to create magic out of thin air. But in order to do that, he has to find a magic that is strong enough, an emotional connection or a life force that's strong enough from our world in order to do that, in order to harness that power and bring it into his. So what he does is he uses the magic that's afforded to him by like, it's like portioned out, right? Mm -hmm. So he can only do so many visits to our world as this crystal will allow. And he's doing these experiments in a uh, kind of like a cancer ward or or a kid's ward in a hospital, and he's taking the different energies and the passing of energies and the passing of lives that is happening all throughout this hospital, and he chooses a human child to pass this otherworldly magic onto and kind of uh, reinvigorate the way that magic works as a whole in order to save his world um that's pretty much the setup i don't want to give away too much of what happens uh in the book but um it's a very tender story uh as a as a person who i think one of the reasons why it stuck with me like as a person who's kind of spent time within that environment within the hospitals and within kind of like the cancer wards and stuff like that um there's a lot of stories and there's a lot of energy and there's a lot of people that are kind of fighting to tell you who they are just in case something happens to them. They want their stories to sure. be shared and stuff like that. So there's a lot of passion. There's a lot of vigor and there's a lot of stuff. and There's a lot to feed off of magically. And um in Iscariot, you basically get the story between a, an ancient magician and a human, uh, a human female child trying to recreate magic as a whole. And um if you've seen any of um Vindari's art and, and kind of his storytelling in the uh, in the Jim Henson stuff and the Jim Henson, uh, which is storytelling, you'll know that there's like a lot of like rich meaning to these, these concepts and things like that. And uh, I think it, in all honesty, like the narrative of it and kind of the story beats and stuff like that, it ended a little flatly but at the same time, the, the, the messaging and the importance of like life and life energy and, and, and telling your story and making people remember you and giving something positive to the world and putting out positive vibes, like the necessity for that, that there's this kind of pocket universe that feeds off of that energy. And if you just waste like your final days, no one benefits from that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, um, really, really fascinating stuff. Very, very cool. Absolutely gorgeous uh, to look at throughout the entire book. And um, yeah, if that's something that sounds like it appeals to you, then you should check mm-hmm. it out.
2: He did the first issue. Uh, okay. Oh yeah, of storytellers.
0: Nice. Yeah. It's
3: the usual brilliant production. Yeah, absolutely. By Just it's gorgeous a, it's presentation. An book.
0: Yeah. I mean, the, there's like there's gold on this cover that literally, if you move it around, it shines off of of whatever light source that you have. And, um, you know it's like Bob said like there's like pastels there's also this really kind of um it it's a weird it's weird that it kind of takes a back seat, but the the child that um Iscariot himself is actually trying to learn them and teach them about these mm-hmm. magic has a very down and out neglectful parent in the mix and watching her transformation of learning like what's important and kind of putting down the bottle to pay attention. she's kind of accepted the death of her child a while ago. and as this child is becoming magical and beca- having new meaning in the world, she's getting better. Mm. And this then changes the parents' attitude towards caring for mm-hmm. them and she gets sucked into this whole magical world and it's revealed to her and you know suddenly the imaginary friend of this child that's dying is mm-hmm. real. and it's it's really intense stuff. It's really good. Now that I'm talking about. I think I liked it a lot more than that. <laughs> But yeah, that's um Archaea, Iscariot. And um uh-huh. you guys talk, I'll be right back.
3: Cool. That's, that's heavy stuff for week one. I like yeah. it. <laughs> You're welcome. All back. right.
2: <laughs> Stephanie. Hola. What? Hola, uh, what uh, what is your book that you wanna you wanna talk most about this week?
4: All right. So I'm cheating a little bit and preemptively talking about Nope. Um, nope. Yeah. No, it's happening because <laughs> I need this book to be supported. Okay. I really want it to become an ongoing series. It's currently um, a six-issue miniseries that launches today, um, and that is Poison Ivy, Cycle of Life and Death uh, by Amy Chu with Art and Covers by Clayman. Um, Tell me, so, because
3: I was on the fence. So he, sell me. Sell me on this book.
4: I will. Okay. So we've gotten a lot of versions of Poison Ivy in the last little while, um, mostly sort of anti-hero Catwoman-esque, kind of character who borders on the edge of you know villain and hero like she's just Mm -hmm. somewhere in between um in this series she goes back to her roots
3: huh Uh, no uh, no i was not gonna react yeah it was great
4: (laughs) okay so but really she um goes back to being a scientist being a botanist and She takes on a job at the Gotham Botanical Gardens uh, and starts doing research on, shockingly, plant uh, hybrids um, uh, and some other sort of thing. Um, She begins working with a scientist who looks past her colorful past. We'll say colorful Mm -hmm. past. And um, gives her a second chance, gives her a job doing something that she is passionate about, obviously. (laughs) Um, So from there, uh, it it starts out, obviously, like her kind of... Not obviously, you probably haven't read it yet. Um, But it it starts out with her having these great intentions of doing well and trying to um, do well by the person who has stuck their neck out for her. Ivy is really wanting to put her villainy behind her and focus on doing some good in the world. Um Doctor Harleen Quinzel makes an appearance. She's none too thrilled with her new friend's um moral moral compass. Uh but she shows up in full doctor outfit and demands to know what's what. Um we also get some cameos from um let's just say some some Gotham school children. Okay. (gasps) Um, There's a tour going on. We get to see some familiar faces uh, pop up. And then there's this kind of conflict for Ivy um, with Harley, because Harley is genuinely her friend. Um, And she doesn't really want to leave Harley, but Harley doesn't quite understand why she wants to leave their world behind. She doesn't understand why she would want to go back to this life of being a professional and science and all of these things that obviously Harley was also once a part of. Um, So it's a really interesting look at the character of Pamela Isley, um, more so as Pamela Isley versus Poison Ivy um and i really enjoyed this first issue and i thought both the art and the story was fantastic and it was definitely worth people taking a look at and as somebody who wants to see more of these um more stories like this where um i hope we we'll kind of bob and i and well everyone else we talked about this sort of sexy versus sexualized and wanting to kind of have a bigger conversation about that in the future. But I'd like to see more stories like this, where it's a smart woman based in science and it's a story that is smart and people are reading it because it's smart and because it's amazing. And I think that's one of the really important reasons that you need to support these books. And this one in particular, um, even though it's just a mini series, if it does well, it doesn't mean that it's over for this particular incarnation of the character. Hmm. So, I apologize for getting the jump on next week's comics, but I really hope you will take the chance and pick this up. It's $2.99. So, as far as DC Marvel shenanigans go that we talked about, mm-hmm. um, that's a really decent jumping on point. Mm-hmm. Um, and... Again, you don't have to make a long commitment to it. It's six issues. Um, But please at least just leaf through it. See if you like the art. Maybe read a page or two. It's really, I don't know if I want to call it fun. Um, It has moments. But it's definitely very good.
3: All right. Well, well, it's been an interesting year so far for Ivy. Uh, Yeah. Was it the Batgirl Annual? Yes. But... Thirteen months ago, or whatever, that a really nice story—the rebuilding of the garden in Gotham City. So I think creators are starting to look at that character differently now.
4: Mm. And who's in charge on this one again? This sorry, pardon me.
3: Who's the creative team on this new? Um, And so Amy
4: Chu, who did Uh, like some Sensation comics, um, and Clay Man. All right.
2: Anything else? is on your list, Steve? For for today, yeah. Oh well, yeah, yeah, obviously. Yeah, <laughs>
4: yeah obviously. again, I know I just it's I really right. hope nope. people check this out. Um you know, we we, we just had this <laughs> again another talk about the price of comics, but this is a good title featuring a great female character with an excellent story and it's only 2.99. Hmm. Again, there's no reason why you shouldn't at least try this.
0: Hey, you could get to a couple of early morning listeners on that. True, and yeah. Sell some books. So go ahead.
2: Yeah. Um, sorry about before we jump into your book. Okay. Some news a new story. Some news just broke. Oh no! Seven minutes ago, on a recording of this, uh, they were having a uh, Marvel's Captain America 75 heroic year special on ABC tonight, yeah. and they announced Steve Rogers will return as Captain America in the Marvel comics. Shocking. Um, Captain America Steve Rogers from the creative team of writer Nick Spencer and artist Jesus Saiz Saiz. Um, current Captain America Sam Wilson will remain in the role meaning Marvel will have two Captain Americas
4: oh my god I didn't see this coming (laughs) wow (laughs) It's almost like when they bring characters back from the dead, and I'm just like shocked, and I can't sleep at night because I'm like, how can they do that?
3: Yeah, there's a movie coming out in a couple mo- yeah. you know, months.
4: Wow. it's gonna happen.
3: Um, so should we be expecting a similar? Not to
4: mention, they did a book called Captain America: White, which wasn't a play on racism or anything, but it was it still not.
2: was not, no, not a great title. It was not a. It was a title that was come up with like ten years ago. <laughs>
4: it was not a great title then. Not a great time. It's alone. part of
3: their colors. It's oh, red, white and blue. Yeah.
4: There are other colors.
3: <laughs> they but they already use red and blue. I,
4: I would I would go for um Captain America
3: Chartreuse. Egg shell white. Egg,
2: shell <laughs> egg, white. egg shell white. Ivory. Just Captain one. Mo- ivory. Just a modifier in there. Yeah. Just get the modifier yeah. in there. Um <laughs> cake batter white. Captain America cheesecake. Cheesecake. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh but anyway, that that just broke. So that, that's happening. No no other news except for that. So um
3: just to, well, just one. Spence has been there. doing a great job with the Sam Wilson book. Yeah. So. yeah.
2: He's running both. So
0: wasn't yeah. there supposed to be a premiere of a new Suicide Squad trailer today? It's tonight. Ooh. It's
2: tonight. Yeah. Okay. <gasps> It's tonight or tomorrow night. I don't remember which night it is.
3: You're welcome. Because right, it, one night. of these three nights of DC television shows. Because right, there's a whole special about the coming of the Justice League. That's tonight. It's, oh, it's tonight or, or tomorrow. T- tomorrow, whatever that. That's doing this. It's the same thing. Yeah. It's the same thing. So tonight's Marvel's night.
2: Yeah, they released a concept art of like the Justice League. So you actually got to see little bits of the Flash and Cyborg. Ooh. they look like the Flash and the Cyborg. So. Well, that
3: that helps. Yeah, I mean it's just concept art, obviously. Yeah. But uh, all right, so um, Bob. Well, speaking of DC, Mm. how about that for a segue? I would, to probably no one's surprise, I'm going to talk about The Legend of Wonder Woman. Yeah. uh, Renee DeLiz, who does story and pencils. Ray Dillon inks colors letters, basically everything else. And this is a digital first series that will be nine issues of regular books Mm. at $3.99, but very dense, which is good. Lots of words. Words are good. (laughs) This is a coming-of-age story. It's, it's the origin of the Amazons. We get to see that. It's young Diana. As changes are coming to Paradise Island, there's a certain darkness coming to it. But what we do have is the spirit of Dr. Marston's Amazons. They have pulled back from the world, not out of fear or anger, but just a certainty of we have the right idea. It's about peace and moving forward as a sisterhood. And we don't need everybody else. We'll go do what we need to do. But we return to Wonder Woman's original origin where Hippolyta, as an immortal, cannot have children. And she is at some point so distraught she goes charging out onto the beach and her prayers are answered as from the clay of, of Themyscira is born Diana. And I I don't know how many times I can see this by how many different artists and it touches me every single gosh darn time. <laughs> Because to me, that is the most poignant origin in the history of comics. So many are born from violence or revenge or whatever. This is purely from a mother's love. And that's that's pretty, gar- pretty darn good, as far as I'm concerned. So we're back to that. What we have here, though, is the slight changes in the Amazons. They are, for the most part, mortal. Hmm. And then each, as they start to grow up, get to choose a path in life. And young Diana, who wants to do a whole lot of things, is sort of shunted to the side. She's the princess, and her next job will be the queen. Mm -hmm. But she sees, being intuitive and in touch with what was going on with with Paradise Island, that something wrong is is creeping in. Perhaps it's just the sins of thousands of thousands of years just adding up. We're not sure yet, because I've only read the first issue. Steve's somewhat ahead of me. Ah, Yeah, so... She wants to be able, even as Diana is mortal here, wants to be able to defend her homeland, and that requires tutoring. So we meet alcipi who in mythology is actually the daughter of Ares, the god of war, and in here it is mentioned she's left that house to come be with the Amazons. You can see her; she she fights off as a training exercise what a dozen Amazons. Steve, I mean, it's yeah. just an incredible action sequence. And Diana reaches out to her, "Well, how do we I uh, teach me?" And she's not really ready yet. So we move forward into Diana exploring, discovering Pegasus and, and a, a beautiful island beyond and the world beyond that her mother doesn't want her, her to really see. Those languages you're learning, you don't need to learn English or Mandarin or those. The world is destroyed beyond, but no, it isn't. And it could be a beautiful place, and that informs Diana's character as we move forward. Alcibi encounters Diana in the woods after a really scary encounter with spider lady icky creatures, shadow beasts. Yeah, it's nasty stuff. Yeah, and particularly because you're told the story from the the standpoint of a young girl, and and the way the art is laid out is just so perfectly creepy, not grotesque just sort of atmospheric it pulls you into these panels of
0: yeah i mean it's it's one of those like you know the creeping of shadows yes oh that's perfect yeah Ooh. darkness descending and you know disgusting uh things that morph into you know the stuff more of nightmares. too many teeth and the jaws that unhinge to ridiculous
3: degrees
0: that kind of thing yeah
3: it is a. We just had Sensation Comics come to an end after after 17, where I was championing that book for months, month upon month, as the a true representation of this character. Mm-hmm. And here we're getting to see the origin of the character that inhabited Sensation for basically the last year and a half. This is the true Wonder Woman, for my way of thinking, and I've been at this a really long time. Yeah. I am. So pleased to be able to read this and hopefully people will try this digitally, try the real books. Uh, Renee DeLiz's story has definitely switched some things up, but it is so infused with the spirit of Dr. William Moulton Marston and Harry G. Peter who created this character in 1941. Mm -hmm. And those values are still completely at play here and still valid and inspirational. And just the Diana you see here, she's a little girl, and she wants to do the right thing. And that's going to—and Steve, will, will, without spoiling, will tell me that this continues to move in that direction, I'm hoping.
0: It's a—I um, mean, I've, re- I've read all 10 issues that are available digitally so far. Uh, I started reading it, and I, I couldn't stop. Like, I, I went back to the Comixology store three times— mm-hmm. And doing, you know, a dollar, a dollar, a dollar, just because I had to keep on reading it. Um, it's a very slow burn in in terms of delivering an origin story, telling it differently. But it it takes its time. Like you're going to you're going to get at least two more of those issues on the stands before you're actually at like semi current Diana status. Yeah. Okay. Um, but very cleverly done and never never boring. I mean, when you, when you do these origin stories or you do these retreads, you run in a dangerous territory of telling the story that someone else has told before and just reiterating for people that haven't read it yet. And for those that have, making it like, all right, well, you know, I knew this and I kind of heard this before. It goes in enough, there's enough subtle different directions in it to make it new. Um, obviously, we're going to get to Steve Trevor at some point.
3: The outsider has to appear, right? Yes.
0: Um, the politics involved with that, and the sticking out of necks by certain characters, mm-hmm. and um, not, you know, not giving too much away. One of the most rewarding aspects of this this series. Is the relationship between Diana and Hippolyta. Um, particularly in the last like four issues when Hippolyta really kind of confesses to Diana a number of things, and it becomes like we read a lot of stories where parents are involved or, or you know, you know, father to son, blah blah mm-hmm. blah. This is very much a mother to daughter piece and, and and just it's wonderful. And it's honestly, for all of the good things that this series is doing with itself so far, and it's wonderful, and I love it. Obviously, I've, I've been, you know, just like DC Bombshells, I've been now catching up. We'll get to the 2016 stuff, but yeah. catching up digitally and actually reading every week uh, has been just a joy to to experience now that I'm finally reading stuff digitally. But that relationship between Hippolyta and Diana is like the, the best thing that I've read. I know it's only January. But it's the coolest, it's the most rewarding thing that I've read so far in 2016.
3: So that's The Legend of Wonder Woman. Yeah. Renee DeList, Story and Letters. Ray Dillon, Inks, Colors and Letters. And it's the second volume of Legend of Wonder Woman. It came out many, many years ago, too. (laughs) Post-Crisis, there was a four-issue miniseries by Kurt Busiek and Trina Robbins, which the way the sale of the character worked, from my understanding, is if DC didn't publish Wonder Woman for six months, the rights reverted to the Marston family. Oh, okay. So post-crisis, they weren't ready yet. Mm-hmm. So they did a lovely four-issue miniseries, mm. sort of set in the present, but told in a style rather reminiscent of the 1940s. Mm. Right, yeah. Sadly, never collected in a trade, but mm. maybe now, mm. now we have a new legend of Wonder Woman, there'll be the old one, too.
2: I think more likely, because maybe now you have a movie about the Yeah, <laughs> that could be, too. You would see that stuff starting to get collected. All right, that's great. It's great to hear that with sensation ending. There's something new that you're, you're still mm-hmm. excited about. One room. That's awesome. Um, <clears throat> so for me, I'll quickly talk about a book called Starve. Uh, it's written by Brian Wood and it's art by man. This name, uh, D- Danangel Zazel. I'm gonna guess. I think so. There. Uh, yeah. I, I I apologize greatly for not being able to say this name yeah yeah i mean there's a A j at the end yeah but but it could be silent silent. yeah uh with colors by dave stewart um so uh this was uh one of our listeners one of our longtime listeners at uh liberal bastion on on twitter he uh turned me on to this but he'd been when we were leading up to the end of the year stuff he was kept kind of stumping for it and stuff like that and uh just a book i didn't get a chance to read before we did i did our, our nomination show or anything like that and the trade just came out uh, this this past week, so I picked it up. Uh, it collects uh, five issues, the first five issues of the series, um, and it's a very interesting premise, right? So, the the main character is a a Gordon Ramsay type of okay. type of person. He is a uh, um, his last name is Cro- Crookshank, so that's <laughs> it's a very mischievous yes. last name. Um, gavin Cruikshank is his name and he is a uh, you know he's one of these master chef celebrity tv chefs um but at a certain point he just decided to sort of he did the show called starve which was you know i'll go around to different you know countries and taste their food and try to recreate their cuisine you know something you'd see mm-hmm. yeah. on, on like alton brown or somebody would exactly, do, do a yeah. show like that at one point he just sort of like he's, he's also, but he's sort of like also sort of like like the Keith Richards of like, you know, like, you know, he's that like, almost like a rock and roll star, but I'm a chef type of thing. So it's like, he just kind of like disappears. Like he just sort of like, he goes native. He like just stays in this one place and he just kind of lives in relative squalor. And, you know, um, he just wants to be away from the network and from all this stuff. He just kind of like abandons his contract and just goes hides away. What happens while he is away is sort of, nothing to do with him, but there's sort of like a, all of sort of there's not really an apocalypse, but there is like some really bad shit that happens. Like the polar ice caps have melted and so like New York, a lot of New York is underwater, you know, economies are crashing. There's a lot of, you know, one percent, ninety nine percent stuff going on. So it's not quite apocalypse, but it's like it's it's on the edge. <laughs> it's on the edge
3: of apocalypse, you know? Some stuff has vanished we all like.
2: Yeah, 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 yeah. It's more like it probably would really be, which is that it wouldn't everything wouldn't just end. It would just Get worse and worse for the people it's bad for and yeah. better for the people that it's good for. Sort of like
3: real life. And just yes, keep going. Yeah,
2: yeah exactly. Um, but while he's been away, um, this sort kind of rival chef of his has sort of taken over the show and changed it to this thing where it's sort of like these chefs compete and they have to make like really decadent meals or really over-the-top meals. Um or they get eliminated from, like, this contest or whatever. And it's really sort of a way for, like, the rich people to sort of double down on how sort of opulent they are and everything like that. Let them eat cake. It's to make themselves feel better, you yeah. know? So they have these, they, you know, food is, a lot of food is very scarce, a lot of food is extinct, and these people are cooking these things on TV and stuff like that. Um, It's, like, number one show in, in the world, but... Uh, it sounds a bit like Chew. Yeah, a little bit, but it's, it's um... But it, it's, uh, there's no, 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 like, superpower involved where, you know, he can, like, uh, um, you know get people's like you know like histories from chewing whatever you know that that's not or that that's not what it it, it's very much just like he come he and then what happens is he's he's kind of in hiding they come and pick him up but network comes and goes look you have the number one show in the world now you have seven you owe us seven episodes (laughs) you're gonna make us seven more episodes of this show so they come and get him and he comes back and he becomes like a contestant on his own show because if he wins he wants to get the control of the show back from his like ex-wife and all this kind of stuff it's about this kind of um guy putting put to the paces of the show and he, he he's sort of like a fish out of water because he's been in, uh, in sort of like this sort of squalorly area for so long that he doesn't really realize that the whole world he re knows it but he doesn't like no, experience limit, the, right. the whole doesn't, world. it doesn't feel yeah, it. yeah right. exactly like one of the challenges that he's supposed to cook bluefin tuna but there's maybe a handful of bluefin tuna left in the in the world so you have to go yeah to like the whole time you you, he's like i don't care if you use black market gray market or the real market you have to find me a tuna bring it back here or you're eliminated from this competition that's that's sort of like the then the, whatever the host so he has to go out and try to find one and so stuff like that you know and, and it balances sort of this idea of like this kind of like you know sort of like cutthroat cooking competition with this guy who's you know not the best guy he's a little bit he's he's kind of like a little bit of a dirtbag at times, a little bit of an asshole, but he's not a bad guy either. Mm-hmm. He's just sort of in that, in that middle ground. And he's sort of trying to reconnect with his daughter and trying to do the thing. And he, and he sort of, for all his faults, he's one of those people who believes in sort of like the sanctity of the art of cooking and what he's doing. And that's sort of what always drives him. And sometimes it makes him act like an asshole. Sometimes it makes him act amazing, but whatever and that's sort of the way that the, the how the, the story is about and i'm i'm not done with the i'm i'm on the fourth issue of the, of the five issue um run but it is it is a really excellent read a very entertaining read very very different i didn't know what to think of it when i first started reading it because if you look at the cover the cover looks like it's like a like a cannibal or something that's what i thought it would be about like people eating people you know
3: Oh yeah
2: <laughs> um but it reminds the, me a little bit of like crossed yeah, yeah, right. It has like, that's what, and it's it, it's not at all like that. That's like sort of like the interesting thing about mm-hmm. it. It sounds horrible. like judging the book by its cover, it has that vibe. Yeah. to it. I mean, he looks like weird and like like sort of like evil and like. Oh yeah, he looks. Yeah, you it's, know, it's, it's, he doesn't look
0: like somebody you'd want cooking your
2: food. No, that's for sure. Oh. But like I said, he's sort of like he's got this like kind of Keith Richardsy like I'm um, very gaunt. Yeah, you know, but. Um, very cool sort of sort of look to him and you know it's got some satire in it about it's sort of a,
3: yeah very much a social satire y- yeah
2: about how we sort of deal with celebrity and how you know the sort of distribution of wealth in, in the world um, but also it's got some very good character moment-to-moment stuff as well uh, it's been really enjoyable uh, to, to read and uh, much like uh, another series Brian Wood did this year called Rebels I feel like both kind of flew with the radar in some ways but both are really excellent uh, takes on very different subject matter, of course, but I'm really enjoying wow. it. I'm definitely going to to read it and finish it up and we'll definitely be looking for it when it comes back because it's going to have another arc. So That it's, was this past year? Yeah.
3: Hmm. Yeah. Wow. yeah, That's
2: from Image? It, from Image. It's yeah, from Im- Image, yeah. Uh, very, very good. Very, very good book. Uh, you no, know, it's
3: very... We t- mentioned uh, Francisco Francavilla before, but it has a lot of that it's uh yeah, it's totally. very reminiscent of uh, Invisible
0: Republic.
2: Yeah, a little Invisible oh, Republic yeah. there as well, Visually, a little bit. Um, you know, and it's, at times it's very, you know, difficult to look at. They're they're very when there's something like, gross stuff happening with the with the cooking. Like there's one where they butcher an entire pig. Like you know, s- s- you know stern <laughs>
3: stem to stern? stern,
2: to sternum you know all all the way across so Huff to snout yeah exactly to, exactly what they call it hoof to snout so yeah so <laughs> it's it can be gruesome but it was very, it's very very entertaining i definitely did not want to stop reading it when i when i started falling asleep last night you know when i was when i was reading it in bed so uh really really good and, and i'm really looking forward to re- read more of it so thank you for oh. the recommendation yes mike um very very cool uh all right so let's talk a little about what we're excited for coming in 2016. We're in it we're almost a whole month into it already. It's crazy. It's crazy. Um, bills I haven't paid yet. Bob picked up a newspaper, so we know we're ready to go. <laughs> yeah. Come on. It's the New York Daily News, New York's picture newspaper. <laughs> uh, Stephanie, give me something that you're excited about in
4: 2016. Um, Let's see. I'm trying to think of the things we did. We already covered this on Misfit. So I'm like trying to go back and remember all the cool things. Cause I was like, and then this, and then this. And now I'm just like, I don't know what's coming out. I don't know. Um, I'm excited for more Orphan Black. I'm really excited. I love that show. It's so good. And like, <laughs> I just, every season I keep thinking it's going to get, like, everything's going to go downhill, but everything just keeps on getting like, whoa, what? Ah! <laughs> and it's just, so freaking good mm. that's so freaking good i don't think that's a good kickoff i feel really no, that's like pretty I, good. I let everyone down
3: no you don't is the, have you ever read the comic that goes with it or does it go with it
4: um was i literally just talking? oh yeah <laughs> or no, in black. House. Or in black. oh my god um i'm not drinking um i i didn't read Nothing's it i haven't changed. read it yet hmm. but like cat stags and jody hauser right mm-hmm. yes ma'am yeah. i'm I'm quickly, can I say one quick new thing? It's on TV related. Yes, of course. Um, And it's Emerald City. So it's um, an NBC series where Dorothy is a young cop that's transported to a war-torn Oz. Um, Interesting. Yeah. Somebody was like, I'm really looking forward to Toto being a canine unit member. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But I feel like... That could be like Tin Man meets Sarah Connor Chronicles or something. T- or Tin like Man even Rocky Robo- Girl.
3: Tin Man is RoboCop. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I want to see.
4: <laughs> but yeah. So that is something else that I'm excited hmm. for.
0: All right. Return to Oz is still one of my favorite movies of all time. It's a oh, weird, it's a weird ass, it. ass movie. I not it. It. You've never it seen
3: up. it? Never seen it. Really? We have to do that. So. It's a fucked up movie. Oh, that's a great <laughs> movie. <laughs> it's a up movie.
4: My life was just fine until that came into my world.
0: <laughs> I taught, have it. Me I own it. Okay, oh, yes, yes, no, we'll do that. Yeah. Oh man, I I broke at least two VCRs watching that movie. I oh man, <laughs> don't spoil it. It's, the, the so, yep. it's so weird. They
2: return to us. <laughs> without it James Franco. Without oh, James Franco. No, oh, no James good Franco. God. Um, Steve, what are you looking forward to this year? I'm actually looking forward to seeing
0: what happens with Batman. Yeah, definitely the mainline Batman. Like mm-hmm. after, I mean, they're inevitably they're going to leave this year. It's been said, right? Said, yeah. yeah, he's gonna, okay. Yeah. So we already know Capullo is stepping off to to go and do other things. Yeah. Now Snyder's going to be leaving the title after presumably at least fifty issues.
2: Yeah. Well, they're definitely there through fifty. I think they're there for more than fifty. Okay. Um, my prediction of fifty-two might actually come true. Yeah,
3: it's looking that way.
2: Uh, um, but yeah, fifty is the issue where uh you know everything sort of is like. Starts to get back to status quo. Obviously, okay. And again, we have a movie coming out, so that's going to happen. But fifty is the end of the super heavy uh, okay. Jim Gordon storyline. So, I mean, seriously, like that is going to be that bit of news
0: for all the for all the things that pop up on on Twitter and on Facebook and like, oh my god, breaking comic book news! Mm-hmm. This person's writing this thing, and you're like, oh, you know, sometimes it's really exciting, and then other times it's like, well, yeah, mm-hmm. you know. But for for mainline Batman, like we started this podcast with Batman number one mm-hmm. and DC 52 number one. Um, for me, that's a very, very, very significant marker and, and departure and every other word in the English language that I can think of for somebody leaving the most iconic book of the DC line. Who? Who in the world, what creative team are you going to announce? Who's going to be in charge at that time of, like, the the direction of the series? And who's going to be editing? Like, all of those things that factor into following up. I mean, say what you want about Scott Snyder's Batman. You could love it. You could not like it. You could think that some of the directions are trash. Whatever your opinion might be, you can't deny that it's been influential, and it's it's quality has
3: been high. Yeah, yeah particularly where the, where the directions went. The yeah. quality of work by yes. those two for four years in yeah, as like a Stellar. collected
0: thing of several arcs and you know fifty some yeah. odd issues of of a work of art from two people primarily, it really is kind of it's it's very for me it's very impressive. Um, the Bloom character has mm-hmm. been one of the one of the standouts. Of of the entire Batman run from from Snyder, you know, and everything, but like that day that it breaks and we find out who's taking over that book, that's going to be a major topic of conversation. Mm-hmm. And I just, I'm dying to know who is actually going to step up to the plate and be like, I'm going to do this, and I have my Batman story to tell. I just don't well, know. You're who not you... getting
3: the book. I'm sorry, Steve.
0: We don't know that. you That's true. We don't know that. I've, I've, you know. You've got our hands in the fire. I, I have friends. I yeah. talk, you know, like I have, I have friends other than you. <laughs> a few. If we, if we <laughs> were throwing names out there. I, 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 that's the, that's the thing. That's why this is on my list because I don't know. I have no idea. I would love, I would love to see a female writer on the book like headlining Mm -hmm. and locked in for X amount of time and finally like go there for real, I think would be stupendous. Um, But again, I have either gender. I have no idea. I don't even have a list of potentials for you. I have no clue because that character is so special to that brand Um, and just how, how influential and how big the Capullo Snyder run has been. And me only having jumped onto these, com- like the comics and being a part of the industry and being a part of the commentary on that industry, it's this is new ground for me. And where do we go after one of the most iconic runs since we started, since I started paying attention mm. to this stuff? Yeah. I haven't a clue and I'm super excited to find out who's going to, who it's going to be.
2: Yeah. I mean, it, it's going to be. Weirdly exciting is also you know sad obviously mm-hmm. when they put that but they put that bow on whatever whatever they're doing yeah. and, and and walk away after you know doing something that nobody really does a- a- anymore um, yeah I don't know I mean you know, that book has sort of you know the, that sort of book was really kind of defined to me this this era of doing this you know it absolutely it uh, it has it is the centerpiece of so much of what we've done and uh, of how we started of how we started to get more popular all of that kind of stuff is sort of of entrenched within in in that book and that creative team so i i don't know how i'm going to feel when when it changes over and i don't know you know it's gonna be tough because even if it's great i don't know if it's going to be something i'm going to be able to read for a little while you know what I mean? And it's one of those things where I'm probably going to feel like I need to sort of take my space from it from a little bit. Yeah. I mean, in, in all honesty, I mean, I know it's only
0: been two issues, but that's kind of still how I feel about the new Daredevil. Mm-hmm. I love Charles Soule. Mm-hmm. He's written some of my favorite comics, uh, Strange Attractors being mm-hmm. one of them. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I'm in, I'm into the new Daredevil. I'm into the look. I'm into the the change and all of that. But I'm still settling into it. And if there's another title that's out there, it's like if somebody else, like they announced that somebody else is going to start writing Saga, <laughs> I, I would just be,
2: what? That would be weird because he created it. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. But at the but same it do, time- it does happen. No, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. No, I know. Yeah, but I know. But I, yeah. but, I, but there's, so even though obviously, I know what he's saying, even though Snyder and Capullo didn't create Batman, obviously, yeah. for me, they are synonymous with, right. with that absolutely. character at this point. Right and especially considering
0: like the, the significance like Scott Snyder for all that the podcast was before we mm. had him on he put us on the map he definitely put it like uh, he helped he definitely boosted yeah. us a lot yeah. 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 yeah that was a huge signal boost mm. for us and he was he was a creator who who knew that mm. about us and really brought like a an informative and intimate show to us and 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 we had something to offer people where we were still relatively new and we were like, We have this awesome interview with mm. this tremendous creator that's on the biggest book in one of the big two and this is what we have and a lot of people started to listen mm. to us because of that yeah, interview. Absolutely. And so in my mind, like this is all speaking from personal stuff. Mm. This is all like yeah. what we're looking to yeah. personally yeah, 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 in yeah, yeah. twenty sixteen. Um I just I feel it. I feel a debt of gratitude to to both both Capullo mm-hmm. and Snyder, and I just I'm I'm just kind of chomping at the bit. Mm-hmm. I don't want it to end, but at the same time, I'm so excited to find out who is going to pick up the the gauntlet and then throw it right back down.
2: Yeah, I mean, of course, you don't want it to end, but things are given shape by ending, you know, and, and so to be able to say okay it's done now and this 52 53 54 60 issues whatever it's going to end up being this is some of the best Batman work that's ever been done to be able to you know you can say like we're in the middle of one of the best runs but once it's done you can say like you definitively this is one of the best things you can possibly read if you want to know about Batman you should read this this and this you know and I am that that's, that's gonna be a great thing to see um and yeah, I, I am am excited to see what happens, but again, I'm also scared and nervous and a little bit sad. <laughs> I'm excited for like the like the big big
0: hardcover. Oh yeah, you know three four volumed edition mm. of the Capullo Snyder collection mm. of Batman when it's all over. Yeah, and they start releasing you know these tomes of Snyder Capullo mm. Batman. Um, I that's something like I've said it before. Where we're like, oh, I'm gonna own mm. that version because, mm. like, right now in the comic book shop I'm going to, they have um the sword, mm-hmm. like the nice black label hardcover oversized <laughs> newsprint right, edition, yeah. and they have it for like sixty bucks. Mm-hmm. And I've got like birthday money, and I'm mm-hmm. like, hmm, <laughs> that is something that I've wanted to collect in hardcover volume one, two, th- But that's that's a really huge expense. Mm-hmm. I'd rather wait until it's like this dictionary of awesomeness. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Totally, know?
3: absolutely. Um, Bob? A uh, couple of things off the top. First, uh, David F. Walker and Sanford Green's Power Man mm-hmm. and Iron Fist, which will be coming very soon. And every little bit I see, every cover, every bit of artwork, channeling the 70s vibe of that series as it began and, and moving it forward. Two great characters who've been Not seen in their own books for a very long time. (laughs) So certainly look forward to that. Beyond, you know, obviously Silver Surfer uh, coming back. I'm really kind of stoked to see what's going to happen. I mentioned it in my lightning round. What's going to happen with the Dynamite characters? Mm. Gail Simone has been given free reign by the the creative heads up over there to reimagine some of the characters that have gotten kind of cheesecakey over the years. Mm -hmm. So Red Sonia, who she already had performed that magic on before, now Marguerite Bennett's doing that. We have a Kate Leth Vampirella, who is now out in Hollywood riding a motorbike, <laughs> uh, still hunting monsters, still doing Vampirella stuff, but now without all the leftover years and years of kind of skeevy-looking imagery <laughs> here and there. And it's a great character that you could, you'd could you have to sort of look past what was going on on the page in some ways, however good the stories were in the old Warn era. So I'm very interested, and it's also Deja Thoris, who they've had 47 variant covers of her in various stages of Undress. Hmm. So maybe Dynamite is now looking past being Zenoscope Junior hmm. and trying to do something better with these. They have a great library of characters hmm. that they can use. And I think they are now moving toward doing something special with them. So I'm, mm. I'm interested to see what happens over there. I mean,
2: for me, one of the things definitely is uh, one Roman Earth one, Graham Morrison and Yannick Paquette. It's again another thing that was announced before the beginning of time, <laughs> yeah. and now is finally <laughs> going to be
3: out. Probably before you started this podcast. Yeah.
4: Okay, like spoilers. It's going to be super controversial, but it's really good.
3: <laughs> How's that controversial?
4: Um, um you'll um, see the first page is like Oh, um, you're
2: saying the book is gonna be controversial. Yes. I thought you said yeah. you saying it was like, good is gonna no. be controversial. There was a
4: really a really scathing review that already went up and Bleeding Cool covered it, of course. <laughs> um uh, but like for a lot of women, um I, I'm preemptively telling you for all of you that take value in trigger warning, um, the first few pages are very, very, very trigger warning uh but the stuff that they put in there carry on because I felt like the stuff that they put in there at the beginning um, becomes part of the story and not just put in there in a, I'm Mark Miller and I'm going to put this in for no reason mm. kind of way. So sorry. Okay.
2: No, it's fine. Uh, yes. uh, I'm I'm, we're looking forward to it hugely. I mean, obviously we, Graham Morrison is probably my favorite comic book writer of, of all time and we coming off last thing you being multiversity, which I absolutely adored. And, and so to have another thing coming up with him, uh, makes me very excited to, to have Yannick Paquette doing something makes me very excited. And just to, from everything he said over the last couple of months, especially about the book and where he's going with it. I'm just very, like always very curious about how it's all going to take shape and, what questions are going to be raised and how I'm going to feel about what, what is there. Because he's one of my favorite comic book writers of all time, but one of the reasons he is is because sometimes I I don't agree with what he does or I don't like what he does, but whatever he does, it's always interesting. And and, and so that uh, what I'm looking forward to most about that.
3: This book would has been on both halves of my list, <laughs> anticipating and dreading, I can't tell you how many different times. <laughs> and I was off thinking about it positively and then he said so many amazing things Mm -hmm. and now I've heard I think some of the things Stephanie's heard and it's oh we're going there huh do not really have to go there
4: I honestly really enjoyed what they did with this like for me it actually felt like uh, Wonder Woman back to her origins and it does a lot of really amazing things like for instance um, Steve Trevor is black, um, which is like, whoa, (laughs) Um, it's really well done. It doesn't feel just kind of put in there for the sake of it. I thought that that was um, amazing. Um, Diana openly kind of addresses them living basically on a lesbian colony island um, (laughs) and talking about her lovers and that sort of thing, which I think is a pretty big deal for one of the you know, trinity of DC's characters. Mm. Um, there's a lot of really progressive stuff that they do in this book. And some of the trigger warning stuff aside, I think, again, it's a very, very important comic uh, this year in uh, kind of changing things up.
2: All right. Well, I look forward to the discussion we yeah, have be about
4: fun. Is that set for
3: release. Mark. Are you
4: excited for Parisian white by Kelly Sue and Bill Sankovich?
3: I don't know that one.
4: <laughs> oh, my goodness. Let me inform you, buddy. <laughs> there is like a Jazz Age-esque comic being written by Kelly Sue with interiors by Bill Sankovich. Um So let's see. Let's see. What does it um, say? There's not really a ton on it, but um, she did an interview and described the series as it's going to be dark and tragic, but there's going to be something about the strength of the human spirit that still makes it through and the illustration um, for, like, the kind of teaser image. There obviously isn't a lot on it, but it's just, like, ugh. I'll read that. Yes. If there's no words to it and just that, it, over the course of, like, 25 pages per issue,
1: I'll pay it.
4: <laughs> I'll pay whatever you're asking. <laughs> um, it's It looks real good. I'm in. I'll um, set the image to Bobby Shortle so you can creep that's, it. That's my name.
2: Um, <laughs> is uh is, is, is that your your go Stephanie, or did you have something else you wanted to bring up?
4: Oh, I have like five hundred things, but like okay. I, well, you
2: don't have time for five hundred, but give me um, one that you're most Cry excited Hatic. about. Ah, yes,
4: Cry by Simon Spurrier and Ryan Kelly,
2: mm-hmm.
4: um, which is uh, apparently their uh, pitch line was. Lesbian werewolf goes to war. <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's great.
4: Um each issue tells protagonist Lou's story simultaneously across three time periods, all drawn by Kelly, but each colored by a different color coloring luminary. Lee Lowridge, Matt Wilson, and Nick Filardi. Where are the women? <laughs> <laughs> it's also uh apparently, let's see, there's um it it's kind of being compared to I'm I'm just reading an article, um, a beastly American Gods.
2: Hmm. Hmm. Interesting.
4: Um. Also, uh, Kennel Block Blues by Ryan Ferrier because prison dogs. <laughs> this this feels like yes I have come to expect this exact sort of thing from the author of Tiger Lawyer and Dave. <laughs>
3: Tiger Lawyer.
4: <laughs> Bobby? Yes. You're excited about Moon Knight,
2: right? Yeah. I mean, here's the thing. I am excited about it, but I have this thing with Jeff Lemire and his superhero stuff, which is a, I always enjoy it, but never f- really fall in love with it. Except for the only thing is I've been Animal Man, and Emma was obviously the, the biggest of them all for me, and Green Arrow got close for me, but not not quite Animal Man heights. But other oh. than that, I just haven't been. It doesn't. I don't ever fall in love with it, you know.
4: I'm. I'm sorry, I'm waving my arms around and I realize you can't see me, but no, I have I one more thing. Like, I have to add. Okay. And there's The Punisher. Yes. Being written by Becky fucking Clunan. Yeah, that's cool. Like, like that is a that. huge deal. Mm-hmm. Like, ladies writing dudes, like badass dudes. And I love that Becky is taking this on. Like, girl, I love you.
3: Or breakthrough writer. Really?
4: Yeah, it's true. No, like, she is killing it. Like, she's mm-hmm. just like, I'm going to take your standards for women in comics, take that and tear it down. I'm going to be the first woman to draw Batman. I'm going to be the first woman to write The Punisher. I'm going to take everything you think about women in comics and destroy it. And I love her.
2: <laughs> um, Steve. What are you looking forward to? Um...
0: I guess to lump them into all thing, we can get them all out of the way now, but uh, the slate of oncoming comic book movies Mm. that are coming out throughout the year, there are some of them. One
2: of them's out in like less than a month. Yeah,
0: (laughs) my my Valentine's Day plans are (laughs) to go and see Deadpool Mm -hmm. when it comes out. Um, That advertising they've been doing has been fantastic. Can I, okay, without... Without getting myself in any trouble, uh, I just came back from visiting the set of uh, War for the Planet of the Apes mm-hmm. and hung out with um, Fox's, their their rep, mm-hmm. their person who does a lot yeah, of the yeah, okay. Yeah. So spent like three days with her, and I have a I have a lot of Deadpool knowledge <laughs> at this point. And I know, maybe know a couple of things about the movie. Uh, this movie is going to be a thing. It's going to be awesome uh there aside from a lot of like the fan fervor and excitement they have a couple of things planned towards its release within the next few weeks that i I think people are going to really enjoy Mm. and i have it on good authority that this movie is going to kick ass um i'm looking forward so i'm looking forward to deadpool i when i went to go and see star wars like i talked uh, about earlier i saw the trailer again for captain america civil war Mm -hmm. And I'd watched that trailer several times online and I got excited and I was like, this looks interesting, this looks cool. And now that I've been away from it for a couple of weeks and then in the theaters saw it on the big screen, man, like I am pumped for that movie. There was something about seeing it and having like the big Dolby surround digital sound thing. I just, that line where Robert Downey Jr. talks about like they were friends Hmm. is like, you know, So was I, Mm -hmm. I, Oh, so good. Um, I'm super excited for suicide squad. Mm -hmm. I, I, I am just, I'm psyched to see Margot Robbie as, as Harley and actually see her on the big screen. I'm curious to see what Jared Leto does with the Joker, whether it ends up being the Joker, whatever the hell they're going to do with it. I'm, I'm curious to be very excited. Um, for me personally, I honestly don't know what I'm going to end up thinking of the new Batman or the new X-Men movie, but just in terms of like full blown, it's a really big deal now in this time and place that comic book movies are as large as mm-hmm. they are. I'm curious to see like what comes out on top, how people react for for better or worse, because there's going to be a mixed bag. It always is.
2: Mm-hmm. But um I forgot about Doctor Strange.
0: Yeah. Oh, well, that's the other thing. Was um, <laughs> I was in Barnes and Noble earlier today, and I picked up uh, Entertainment Weekly, and it's the first time that I saw. Like, I didn't even bother to look at the. Oh, you didn't the see screens. the images? No, I oh. didn't see them. So I I was looking at the magazine today, and I'm like, man, like some of this concept art, like this looks fantastic, and I just I can't wait to see them go in that cosmic slash mystical direction. Um, Benedict Cumberbatch looks great like Mm -hmm. I was a little I was a little nervous about what he would look like with the facial hair and um, he was actually in black mass as um, the Johnny Depp's characters his brother he's a political figure uh, hearing him without the British accent is very strange (laughs) and um,
4: oh sorry yeah go no go ahead no I was just gonna say like if this isn't on your list I think you specifically especially actually I think you all actually would really like this but the witch
2: Oh yeah, um, the, yeah. It's a movie. It's a horror movie coming out. Yeah, it's still oh, a couple months, right? I April. Yeah, yeah, For It's that. out
4: like um uh mid February. Yeah, isn't that but Natalie like,
2: Dormer? No, that's the
4: forest no no, no, that's, that's the fourth. Oh, <laughs> oh,
2: that
0: didn't get very good. Reviews, my no, roommate yeah. took
4: me to this on my birthday at TIFF, and like knowing, I mean, Bob, you always send me horror recommendations, and Steve, mm-hmm. Joe Blow our talks go way back and yes Bobby <laughs> your appreciation of film I think all of you will really like this
2: yeah I've heard great things about it. it's definitely on my list for, for next yeah. year um I'm uh yeah I'm I'm very excited for all of them you know in mm. some way or the other um you know Deadpool like I said with the marketing like the whole the whole like um like a romantic posters they did with just like Ryan Reynolds and Ryan oh. Bacharan. And the the emoji billboard Yes is amazing. The skull poop L. The skull yeah. poop L. But the amazing that, that's the amazing part is that they they have it up there and then there's that other billboard that says skull poop L on it, which I think is <laughs> hilarious. Uh great marketing for that. I'm really excited for that. That I think that's gonna do very, very well for them. Um <laughs> Steve's making sweet love. Too. I got I got Did uh, you hear
4: about like the next Kevin Smith movie, Yoga Hosers?
2: Yeah, that's been, he's been making that for a while. Uh, it's based on like a, a podcast. His daughter's in that. Yeah, his daughter was in the last one too. Oh, yeah. Okay. Isn't uh, that Clerks Three coming too? He, he's, uh, yes. But this is too. actually out at yeah. the end of the
4: month. Like this is actually out this week, apparently. Okay. Oh, and like hmm. a limited
2: release, I guess.
4: Um, I'm looking at it now. I'm like, all right. Well, I didn't know that. <laughs>
2: There's, for me, like, the thing with Kevin Smith is like, I've, I've sort of i i'm i very much res- respect and i'm happy that he's doing all this stuff that he he wants to do i've sort of kind of moved past like my like need to see all his stuff but i i'm very happy when like stuff goes right you know for him, he's hosting it's tonight the thing is tonight that uh, or last night if you're listening to this on yeah. wednesday the the dc justice league thing is uh. happening now um he's like hosting it with jeff johns so uh there's that uh yeah um x-men i'm super excited for x-men i think x-men looks awesome i'm so pumped for that movie um i mean i'm excited for captain america civil war i'll I'll, i'm sure i'll see and uh, and love it um but both that and to obviously more of an extent batman superman i just the 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 heroes fighting thing is just doesn't get me excited to see it i'm sure i will enjoy it when i when i see it but I, i i don't have anticipating warily yeah yeah the
0: more i see of Batman vs Superman like they're they're now doing these little
2: clips mm-hmm. I saw the I saw the Batmobile clip which made me want to like punch someone in the face that was <laughs> very underwhelming I, I don't want to get like super negative about yeah. it but like I just don't I, I that's
0: that that kind of stuff like they're 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 trying to entice and they're trying mm, yeah, to, yeah I know you know and I just i went was that really the moment that you wanted to, it looks kind of silly. Well they're trying
2: to build up the they're trying to build up like yes, the, yes, the buddy the, heads the, thing. The, right. Um and it was on like Conan I think right? I think that they showed it that clip or whatever yeah. but
0: like I'm 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 super excited for DC finally like having like a slate of movies that are scheduled and they're they're getting their universe up and going right? Like this is now a train that's mm-hmm. moving. Yes. I'm very excited for that aspect. I just for the one thing that I, I disliked that I have to go off of, I'm waiting I'm still the person that's waiting to be turned mm-hmm. and and to like for them to announce stuff and like waiting for that movie that's like, well, all right, like now I can actually see where this is going and then look forward to something like Aquaman mm-hmm. and like I'm excited for Wonder Woman, but I am apprehensive as hell about it at the same time.
2: also all they're saying, it, it gives me hope set in mm. world war one you know the sort of tone and look of it. the director it, it, all of it seems like it's going in, in a good direction yeah, every I mean,
3: set photograph looks very entertaining very yeah, interesting, yeah. interesting very different yeah okay. absolutely
2: um and hopefully that
3: plays I out hope, well you in know what Batman versus i hope Superman, that
0: too. it is i hope yeah. for nothing more yes amen. nothing less yeah. I, I really i really hope that they knock it out of the park with uh wonder woman
2: but like i said i'm really excited for suicide squad i think that's going to be really interesting and cool it just looks like fun yeah Viola so, Davis, man, yeah. in, uh, as Amanda
0: Waller in that trailer, so good. Like, I have no idea what they're revealing tonight. Yeah, new trailer, but let's see. But mm. When well, you
3: look at the under-the-radar, the way Marvel did mm-hmm. initially, Iron Man was not a big character. Mm-hmm. Neither was Thor. Captain America to mm-hmm. comic fans, but not to the mm-hmm. general audience, and they made that work. So now we're looking at, okay, we have mm-hmm. Suicide Squad. Out of nowhere characters, mm-hmm. you kind of Deadpool mm-hmm. yeah. from the Fox side of things. Mm-hmm. I'm Bring wait- no preconceptions to it. That, that's interesting. Right. Like I'm waiting, like all
0: the stuff like surrounding the Joker and the tattoos and the, the kind of scaling back of like the first reveal of him. Like, okay, so maybe he has, he does have tattoos, but he doesn't have all of those tattoos because we've decided to, you know, removed like the damage from his forehead or whatever the hell they, <laughs> they decide to do. I'm curious as to when that movie comes out, watching, like the attitude and the tonal shift of the entire community after they see it. Like if we get like another Heath Ledger situation on our hands where everybody was like, Oh, that guy. And then he was celebrated for being, you know, one of the best depictions Mm -hmm. of the character ever. Yeah. And if Leto is able to then turn the audience and people come out of that movie going like, Oh my God. Like, I hope that he plays the Joker for the next six movies. Mm -hmm. And, Watching everybody kind of choke on their on their their mm. words and their prejudice and their kind of preconceived notions, me included. Yeah, yeah. you know, like yeah. I I I don't know what to think, mm-hmm. and I'm waiting for that moment where I sit back and I I play with my beard and I'm like, all right, all right, <laughs> like I I see what you're doing here. <laughs> I doubted you, but it's you know we're cool, we're yeah. cool. I'm curious as to what you you're gonna bring to the table next with this. Absolutely, because you did something at least
2: unique hmm. with it. Yeah. All right, Bob, go negative for me. Oh,
3: okay. This was well, your idea. That's my idea, so... And I, yeah. I don't know how much longer we're going to go with this, so okay. we're, so we're we, on in time. Here we go. It. No surprise, it's about an event. Uh, Daily News last Sunday ran an exclusive two-page article regarding the Marvel Writers' Retreat and had exclusive talks and interviews, whatever, and they're going to they have this whole image of you know, the fight this time around and it's Iron Man and Captain Marvel. Mm-hmm. Now it's for me it's it's very positive that with the movie coming we see Carol Danvers in this position where the general public will see this character that hasn't before. But we're again we're an event that begins with an event before it called Standoff. Yeah. This is Civil War 2 by the way. Civil War 2. Yeah. Which is now Tony it, There's a character that shows up who apparently, much like the old mad thinker, can see events before they happen, as well as the permutations of the events for down the road. The Avengers begin to splinter over the idea of, well, if we know what's going to happen, shouldn't we then be busting people up and we should be doing something about this before these bad things even happen? Trying to be preventive. Beyond proactive – well, now the split is Tony is against this. The guy who is for mm-hmm. superhero registration, whatever, perhaps he's learned a lesson from how badly things went before. But the other side of this argument is now Carol Danvers, mm. which strikes me as so against what she's been written like for the last three plus years that I'm pretty dreadful here, <laughs> if there's such a word used in that form, <laughs> about where this is going to go and what it leads to that character being, even leading up to her own movie. Mm-hmm. It strikes me as a misread of, yeah, she's a tough military person, but she was always filled with heart, and that seems to be plucked out of this version of this character, at least in this. There's also apparently at least one major death of a mm. major yeah, ongoing character.
2: Yeah, we heard about that. Yes.
3: When is this supposed to go down? Uh, spring, late spring, I think, is standoff, and then we're, it's another summer event. Mm-hmm. All right. Designed to, of course, carry through lots of books. We'll and, oh, so and, it's and, going to change the face we, of Marvel. Do you know who's writing it? Uh, well, uh, the guy who came up with the death is Mister Bendis. Okay. Uh, Civil War particularly is. That's a joke. Casada. Blah blah blah. Is I mean, it's, it? Is it Soul? It is Spider Man writer. <laughs> I don't think it actually says uh, okay. who's writing the actual series. Okay. But at the event were the usual cast of characters: okay, G. Yeah. Wilson and Dan Slott, and I heard they Ryan argued
0: profusely over which character. There was like a huge roster, mm-hmm. and then they took like a fifteen minute recess, and Bennis came back, and I've got put, it. And then, and like there was like a resounding, "Oh my god, how come we didn't think about that sooner? Yep. We could have saved ourselves x amount of hours." I'm sure that happens all the time at those things. Yeah. <laughs> Um, apparently though they were all like in agreement and, and they
3: like saw the light <laughs> uh, Nick Spence is involved Tanisha Coates G. Willow mm. Wilson but I don't think there's anyone saying they might not have announced it yet yeah. that sounds like tie-in
0: yeah. material stuff but I mean that was also who attended the summit right yeah. That's,
3: yeah, that's the summit yeah. list
0: yeah. I'm sure they'll
3: announce it soon um,
0: the round table the round table <laughs> deciding the fate of the Marvel Universe as we know so it. You, yeah. know, that
3: will, you know we'll have our books disrupted again mm-hmm We'll have some mini series that matter that are fun, mm-hmm. some that are not, and it's every year now, and It's, it's multiple times a year. Like I think you design. should get yeah, yeah. your
0: own standoff tie-in of just Bob denying what's events. going on. Yeah, denying the events that are happening around. Well, now.
3: I I find myself more reading and enjoying the off the track Marvel books at this point. Mm-hmm. I have, well, I dropped the. New Avengers, yes. X Men is off my radar. Some of the others have drifted away, and I like books I can read on their own and enjoy, and they tie in with each other once in a while. Mm. A positive, that's an event, is the Spider Women mm-hmm. uh, Illuminati we've got Silk and Spider Gwen and Spider Woman all together in a book. Mm. Uh, Illuminati is actually
0: in the next issue going to uh, pair together with a major. Marvel character mm. and it's the the I got to the last page it was the last <laughs> person I expected to show up and the character's reaction was just oh shit <laughs> and that was my in my head I was mm-hmm. like oh
3: shit Willie Lumpkin the mailman Um I'll spoil it, no. it it's, no it's on the it's on the cover no, of the next issue
0: don't spoil Not it don't
1: spoil
2: it simply get a good moment with it don't spoil it for somebody who hasn't read it yet it's good yeah. um how about you what are you dreading I'm not really. Dre- I, I'm not really dreading anything. Uh, see, one thing I'm quickly I'm excited for After Death, which is is uh, the Scott Snyder written, Jeff Lemire drawn image book that's part graphic novel, part prose novel. Uh, very excited for it. they announced that's that like two years yeah. ago, I think, and it's finally going to come out this year. Um, uh, you know, it's not really dreading. And I, I just want to get this real quick because I do want to start wrapping this up. We're about two, we're about two and a half hours in, so it's <laughs> time to wrap this up. Um, but I will say this: we've talked a lot about prices and and moving off of books and. and and the bad aspects of all that stuff and that stuff is still gonna be weighing on my mind for most of the year but what I'm excited for about 2016 is not knowing what I'm excited for you know it's whether or not it's just a good thing or a bad thing in the overall landscape of how how it anecdotally anecdotally represents the whole comic buying public but specifically Marvel's Pricing structure over the last couple of months um has broken me of really looking forward towards the overall scope of the Marvel universe, and in some ways that has also happened to me. It kind of by osmosis, has gone to DC a lot for me. Uh, you know the DC books I'm reading, I'm still going to read, it, and I'm still going to love saying in Marvel. But like, we're talking about like, Civil War two. We're talking about, like it, it's maybe I'll read them when they come out and maybe I will enjoy them, but I'm no longer sort of raptly wondering how things are going to equal to things and all that kind of stuff. And I'm excited to kind of go out and sort of, you know, just take in different stuff and, and find stuff that excites me and just read what I, what I, what I want to read and to, you know, to explore new areas that, you know, we have new ideas for the show and we're going to be bringing up books to each other in, in a lot of new ways. And I'm excited to sort of, find new stuff in that way but you know it's much more to me than looking at a list of releases and going like I'm I, I'm excited about this I'm excited about that I'm excited about this of course I'm going to see books I'm excited for the Black Panther book uh, an tre- tremendous yeah. amount you know and and I, I want that to be awesome but and I'm and I hopefully it will be and maybe it will transcend even being a, a great Black Panther book in, into being something else but I've sort of given up on those sort of expectations for the books and none because they failed me over and over and over again, just because I found in myself, I enjoy this that stuff more when I just let it come to me and I sort of experience it without trying to put like the, a huge weight of expectations on every single thing th- that I read. And, and you know, this year, like, like every year we got to the end of the year, most of the stuff on our top 10 list and our nominations list we wouldn't have guessed it the year before looking at a list of books that were coming out in 2016. You know, we just wouldn't, we, there's a few obviously and some, some, some stalwart favorites, but a lot of stuff that we wouldn't have, you know? And so every year I kind of look back and look at that. Like when two years ago, we never would have like through the woods was not, not anybody's <laughs> radar right, yeah. at the beginning of the year. And like, we looked to the reason like, oh, I really want to read this, but it came up. Um, I think Stephanie was the one who read it first and then we all kind of came to it and we all end up loving it And those are the things I'm excited for in 2016 is the stuff that I don't know that I'm excited for right now That's the stuff that I'm I'm pumped to sort of to to read and experience as we go on this journey for, for I keep the year. on
4: seeing all of these other amazing things too. like Image just has so many amazing titles coming out this year like We have lady ghostbusters <laughs> Like, I'll, I'll say one thing that I'm not excited for on that note, and it's all the dude bros being like, ugh, girl, ghostbusters, is this stupid. <laughs> like, I'm not looking forward to that, but that movie's going to kill it.
2: I, I'm very excited for that yeah. movie. I'm very, very excited for that movie. And one thing I'm looking forward to as well is that I'm just looking forward to, because we, we talked about this off the air, but I feel like, you know, in the... In in the last year of the show, we sort of got into a rhythm, and we sort of the thing we talked about a lot of great books, but we didn't really press like we did in other years. And I'm excited to press again and to come, have good conversations, some fuller conversations. I think we have a little hints of it in in this episode, um, and just be excited to be talking about stuff again. And and uh, you know, I, I have very strong opinions about discourse uh, on the internet and i think that we used to talk about stuff all the time and we kind of stopped talking about it for a variety of reasons and i think that um i'm excited for that stuff to enter the conversation a a little Mm -hmm. bit more because um i just want the show to be fun and but also at times make a difference so
4: i'm really excited also to explore more web comics with you guys this year my my thing was more important (laughs) (laughs) no i just think that there's all kinds of things i'm totally joking I'm so stoked to kind of go outside of our comfort zones. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
2: Indeed. Why well, think going outside my comfort zone is stupid, Stephanie?
4: Well, I think you're stupid. <laughs> yeah. So well, there
2: we go. And yeah. it on a positive. Note. Yeah, yes. on a positive note. Um, I'm sure we'll, we'll we'll get some more stuff that we're excited for as as we go along we will come up. Um. So, uh, w- like I said, we're only going to be doing sort of like uh books of the week. Yes. What's up? We did not. Choose a shared book. I well, I'm I'm gonna pick the book for this week. I picked one. Oh, I picked one. Don't worry. I, got, I that's what I'm about to say. You just cut me off in the middle of me saying exactly what you cut me off to say. <laughs> that's why I'm here. <laughs> we're back. I, you're the
4: most hated child this time. We're
2: we're back. <laughs> <laughs> um. So, uh, like I said, we're gonna be we're gonna be keeping the shared book of the week at, le- at least two times a month, mm-hmm. if not if not more than that. Um. But uh, this week, uh, Captain Marvel number one comes out. A new creative team. First new creative team in three three years um since we began since, we, yeah, well, since i began since you, you began know. so uh, more like four years then i guess yeah. yeah uh kelly sue DeConnick is obviously not doing the book anymore and we have we have a new, new creative team and it's going to be interesting because i now one of kind of marvel's sort of flagship characters new team it's it's a big deal we'll, we'll read that chat about it uh next week um and uh next week also we will start doing our dedicated kind of listener feedback section, listener questions ah. section. So please send in questions, Podcast at talk TalkingComicBooks.com. It's stuck on the tongue. Um, at Talking Comics on Twitter, Facebook.com slash Talking Comics. Please go to TalkingComicBooks.com because we have a whole ton of content going up um, all yeah, the time. Do. whole huge group of amazing contributors uh, that uh, Stephanie is is is... Ominous not not pejoratively wrangling every, every week. <laughs>
4: Ominously what you gonna there's
3: say.
2: Just,
4: there's there's a he he uses wrangling in like a beloved sense. Yes. The we, we took on um a lot of people all yes. at once. Yes. as opposed to kind of spacing it out. Yeah. Um and it was kind of like throwing me and them to the wolves. Yeah, this but... was
2: Stephanie sex to me. Please don't freak out. We have about forty people that I'm 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 telling you to. <laughs> I, I sort of have it organized. I was like, okay.
4: Yeah, I, I was you. like it's like organized chaos, but like yeah. it's fine. I trust Bobby's you. like, "All right, well, you're dealing with it." So like
2: <laughs> yeah. I don't know <laughs> I mean, it's up to you. Sure. Um yeah, but an amazing host of, of, of content that you guys should check out. stuff, you know, multiple stories going up daily. Um
4: There's an amazing 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 yeah. piece yeah. Uh, by Sarah Kern going up today actually on um getting into uh Ghibli films. Mm. Uh like she does a most relatable most like best to get into my door is opening Um, (laughs) like she just has a really great um like list of what kind of um what ghibli movie is the best for you to come Mm. to at a certain point Mm. um it's a really great article i like sent her a message and i was like i'm so proud of you i don't know you but like Internet hug. I'm uh, squinting. There's all kinds of really cool stuff. So, yeah. Uh,
2: that's awesome. Yeah. And check it out. Of course, um, we now have, I think, seven or eight podcasts going on at one time. Uh, basically, if you are interested in something, we have a podcast for you to listen to. You like video games? We got a podcast. You like movies? We got a podcast. You like anime slash manga? We yeah, got a sure. podcast, <laughs> and mu- and many and much more. And there'll be more coming. Yes, talking gardening. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, we will tell you what kind of backhoe to use exactly, <laughs> um, and we have very strong opinions, as we do on everything. Uh, and, okay. uh, on, exactly, not
0: every fertilizer is the same. It's
2: not true. That's right. And the price of fertilizer ridiculous. Ah, <laughs> destroying the market. And they tie them together. And they tie them together. Um, <laughs>
0: do you want to know how to grow stuff on Mars? We've got a cover Yeah, yeah. Oh, we There's do a movie that. for that. Yeah. Go
2: to the movie podcast. I know. I
0: based on the the first podcast flower on movie.
4: bloomed in space today. What'd you say? The very first flower, oh. like, bloomed in space today.
2: That's awesome. That's a beautiful way to end this podcast. <laughs> yeah.
4: We're all, yeah, like, we flowers go from in space in, like, this vast wasteland, And, like, we're all, like these seeds of potential and then it's like we either grow or wither but like it's beautiful
0: you should replace morgan freeman <laughs> yeah, yeah for all of the commentary on this um
4: things. sidebar did you guys watch uh snoop dogg narrating like planet earth because it's the best thing i've ever seen in my yeah, life
2: people should check that out if you want to check out a good morgan freeman impression it's a great morgan freeman impression he talks about a table and a carpet it's really <laughs> funny um but uh yeah, so go to ToggTownBooks.com for all of that information, all, all those awesome articles, all the podcasts, everything. Um, and, uh, you know, subscribe to this podcast, obviously, if you're not subscribing. Uh, leave us a review on iTunes. It really, really helps um, with, with rankings. Uh, spread the word about the show. And if you're a big fan of the show, interested in extra stuff from us, uh, support the Patreon. There's a button right on the website for you guys to do that. Um, you get this podcast live every, every week. You get it early. You know, you get an extra podcast. We, go to, we and, and In February, we're going to start giving you extra, extra podcasts, little bits from all, all the d- other shows. Ooh. So there's so a lot of stuff that's going to be happening there. Make sure you check that out. Um, and yeah, ho- hopefully we're going to have a, a great year in 2016 of, of, of Talking Comics and for TC in general. So it's going to be an awesome time. Lots of exciting things going on. And uh, I'm excited to see what happens. Yeah. So. Uh,
3: Maybe we'll have our own hot sauce. We, we could do that. Oh if the
2: man God. cave can do it, we can, we do, can it. do it. We can do it. And that's going to do it for the Talking yeah. Comics podcast
0: for this week. For Steve, thanks to everybody for the uh, birthday wishes and Happy New Year.
2: Bob. Oh, you stole my Happy New Year. Good night. <laughs> and Stephanie. Ah. Night. I have been Bobby. Until next time on Talking Comics, to be continued.